Hello, and welcome to Q&A Quest, episode 210. I'm your host. Uh, Mike. We just did 210. Hello, and welcome to Q&A Quest, episode 211. I'm your host. Second to make Ooh. sure that I didn't just screw you up. I am your ridiculously absent-minded host, Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always. Uh, David McFerry, Final Master, desperately trying to pay attention to this Dragon Quest stream. Yes, uh, so we're trying to sort of live react and record our live reactions. Even though they're five, six of the way through the announcement. Yeah, well, some of it's kind of meh anyway. Uh, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, while I... Why don't you say what's already been announced, and then we'll talk about it while so I'm they announced about this tweet. a puzzle game for mobile called Dragon Quest Keshi Keshi. It's a match three puzzler with a fucking... Like Japanese children's eraser toy aesthetic. Uh, Dragon Quest X is moving on to version six. Uh, we don't get that. There was a little thing in the corner while they were translating what the guy was saying that just said "not intended for worldwide release." Uh, no plans for worldwide release is what it said. Then Dragon Quest X Offline was announced. Mm. They, there was no marker on that that said "not planned for worldwide release," so we might actually get that. I'm it's an SD <laughs> remake of the story content of DQ10. It looks interesting. Uh, Dragon Quest Three HD 2D from one of the like Octopath people and looking a hell of a lot like Octopath. It looks gorgeous. Absolutely fantastic looking. And a new spinoff called Dragon Quest Treasures, which seems to be have risen from the ashes of Dragon Quest monsters. Uh, that we've sp we've talked about this a few times on the podcast and the like Gaijin brought up that like it seems to have had gotten run into like very specific trouble in development. Hmm. And that was kind of acknowledged by the guy they had talking about it. He was subtitled saying something about how it was a uh, it through a long and twisted path that the protagonists of it were the concept art that they had shown a few years ago. Oh, here uh, we go. Oh, here we thing. go. Quest that's 12. Roman numeral 12. Well, that's a Roman numeral 11 that's about to become a 12. Yeah. Yep, there we go. I think my stream is a little ahead. Okay. Now, either way, this is. They're probably not going to show anything of substance. Yeah, I mean, we are about due for Dragon Quest 12. I mean, we were due for an announcement. I think yeah. several people are getting up. Yeah. Dragon Quest Twelve: The Flames of Fate is apparently its uh, English title, which means that they're giving it an English title. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the other thing about Dragon Quest Treasures was that they promised that they were shooting for a worldwide simultaneous release. Interesting. I mean, uh, I'd love, I'd love that they would start doing that, and I hope Eleven did good enough that that's. Something they'll start doing. Well, I mean, they already gave 12 an English title. So. Yeah, so that's a very good sign. We're not going to get told what platform this is. We're not going to see anything about it. No. We're just going, getting the acknowledgement that, yes, Dragon Quest 12 is in development. So Switch and PS5, right? <laughs> okay, uh, he's just doing the usual interview malarkey and Ori is dodging. But yeah, I would 
expect Switch PS4 PS5 if yeah. I would hazard anything. Maybe Switch Pro or Switch Dose or Switch Mega, whatever the heck they call it. Yeah. New Switch. They're emphasizing the teaser trailer was... Uh, they're emphasizing the teaser trailer is in, implying a dark tone for this one. Interesting. As if Dragon Quest already can't get dark. Yeah, it's just more overtly dark. Interesting. Yeah. I feel bad for the like the the way that they did this was very cruel to the poor interpreter because basically they have a bunch of live segments that are like Yuji Hori and uh, another like Dragon Quest guy like chatting that are having to be live interpreted because they don't have a script and then like in between that there's a bunch of segments that are like pre-recorded like announcements from like people within the dev teams of these individual DQ spinoffs mm. and yeah they're just they're just talking about some real boilerplate there might be decisions made by characters but yeah not that mm. uh not not much to be gleaned from that thus far. But yeah, I mean, you know, game looks fun. I mean, it's Dragon Quest. I'll play it. All of us will play it. Hell yeah. Yeah, and we're not hearing. Like, they're just like, oh, I'd love to know more, but I can't ask any questions. So yeah, uh, that was a lot of excitement. Uh, I would have liked some ports of Dragon Quest 4 through 6 to modern consoles. Uh, we gotta check my stream and make sure the audio is coming through. Because my animation audio just played on my speakers. Which is disconcerting to me. They're prototyping more battle systems. The fa Japanese fandom is about to, like, attempt to murder Yuji Hori again. Uh, <laughs> All right, like, they're you... saying, we're going to change the command battle, and it's like, you're not, oh, actually. Oh, no, don't do that. It's like one of those situations where it's like, I mean, like, you can say that. You can say you have all these prototypes, let's you're not going to actually successfully change it. Like, there's like, oh, we're not actually going to get rid of command battle. Yeah. All right, can you pull up the stream? And I need to test something out. Oh, yeah, they also said they're aiming for worldwide release. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, not allowed to ask what hardware it's coming from. see you. I don't see a game. Okay. okay. Did you hear a noise when I switched back to the GIFs? No, I did not because I didn't have any sound on because I was no. just in the Dragon Quest. Alright. Can you turn your sound on just for a moment? I already did. Okay. Alright, switching. switching. Yeah, I heard a sound on GIF. Okay. I don't know why it's playing at my speakers then. That's bizarre. Uh, 
yeah, they're shooting for worldwide release on Dragon Quest Twelve. So. Perfect. Everyone in the world that enjoyed the world of Dragon Quest. Yes. Now the end slide fat sheet. Everything in I was most excited for Dragon Quest Twelve. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> You think? Yuji Hori is now 67 years old? Is he gonna retire? Jeez. Uh, I feel like he will never retire. He will ju we will just enter like multiple national days of mourning when he dies. Shooting for that worldwide release. Uh, Eric in the chat is saying, Who wants to bet that offline 10 is the only version of 10 the West gets? Yes, probably. And I'm, oh, yeah, 100%. I'm totally fine I feel like that. half the reason they're bothering is that it gives them a new market to release yeah. the game in. I am over MMOs, so I'm good with that. I never liked MMOs. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, there she goes. But have you heard of this bad meme, we all. Uh, about Final Fantasy fourteen and how you and can... And reading an entire ad, ad yes. read for some reason. And how you can play up to level 60. Please don't do the downloading. Don't advertise. free trial. Don't or, do the full ad. Or you could play a better Final Fantasy game instead. I don't even... like My problem with that isn't even like my opinion on F14. I don't care. My problem is don't read an entire fucking ad as your joke. Yes. Because that's not a I joke. for YouTube videos. <laughs> What what ads have I read? You read almost the entirety of that spiel. I heard you. What the Final Fantasy fourteen one? Yes. You know, I'm just being obnoxious because that whole thing. Yeah, is but obnoxious. I hate you. Yes. Uh, why is the sea this yellow? Uh, this is not the sea. This is the bayou, son. Still shouldn't be this yellow. Well, that's your opinion. Yes. Yes, it is. Oh god, they made a giant slime daruma. What is that? You don't know about daruma? No. They're kind of like luck. Well, not luck precisely, but they're like you paint in one eye when you set a goal. And oh. it's supposed to like be both sort of your promise to yourself and like a good luck charm for completing your goal. So they made, like, a slime daruma, and they're going to... And once all of these launch, they can... Like, because you paint in one eye when you make your goal, and then you paint in the other when you complete the goal. Gotcha. So, like, when all of these launch, they can paint in the daruma's other eye. Interesting. Who is stronger predator, shark or alligator? I mean, probably the shark, but it depends upon the arena as well. It also depends on which kind of shark. There's a lot of different kinds of sharks. Well, this is a weird shark that can mutate and eventually get, like, electric powers and some stuff like that. Mm -hmm. 
It's a shark PG, man. Why aren't you playing uh, Jaws Unleashed? supposed to be bad. Yes, extremely. Oh, okay. Well, then that answers your question, doesn't it? Oh, so you're a coward is what you're saying. <laughs> Other than Maneater, what have you been playing, Wheels? Um, I have been playing, uh, including on stream, Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne. Yeah, Nocturne. Which is a I good time. That's a stupid joke. Yeah, are you are you shooting for a back of the box, folks? They already made the box, buddy. Yeah, no, too late. All right. Yes, it's a very good game. Quite it's Nocturne. It. Yeah. Uh, it's not as good as four, but it's very good. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Throwing it down. Uh, but yeah. Uh. Oh no! I almost killed that alligator too. And then he got wrecked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, wasted. Um, uh, yeah, I've been playing some other things, too. I've been playing a lot of things, actually. More than I've been playing in a while. Uh, yeah, I picked up Maneater. Uh, very curious about the Switch port. Um, how it Seems runs. fine. Yeah, it's Unreal Engine 4, which I didn't realize, which is... Um, Usually a clean port. I mean, there's already lots of things that run that on Switch. I think like Fortnite... Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest, I think Fortnite runs in... Unreal 4? It would be weird if it didn't, given yeah. that it was epic. This, well, I, yeah, it couldn't be Unreal 3. It's got to be Unreal 4. Especially yeah. when I just did a big graphical update not super long ago. Yeah, I mean, like, UE3 was kind of retired in, like, 2013. Which is uh, long before Fortnite became anything, really. But, uh... Yeah, it uh, seems, seems very solid, and it's not, like, the most graphically advanced anyway, so. Yeah, it looks totally like it's fine. running about as well as any version runs. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, it's a pretty neat game. It's not the longest I hear. Oh, I don't know that this so. premise could sustain itself yeah. if it was too particularly no. long. Well, that's fine, and and they never sold this at like a sixty dollar price tag. It's always launch. It, it's every version is launched at forty dollars. So, yeah. Uh, seems, seems pretty fine. I also, uh, because the curiosity got the better of me, picked up Biomune. I have heard not great things. Yes, I've heard many mixed things uh, so far on both the Xbox Series X and Xbox One X. It uh, runs fine. Solid frame rate. And that's, that's not what I've heard bad things about, but yeah. Solid 60 frames per second on both. No technical issues yet. Uh, seems pretty fun. Decent combat system. We'll see how it goes. I'm not expecting the best. Yeah, everything I've heard is that the, like, the the dialogue and, like, just general repetition are what does it in. Oh, good, our mod is here in chat. Don't worry. There yes. will be, uh, there will be some sort of intra-mod fight probably yes. sometime within the next two hours. Um... And hopefully no one remembers, um, that I accidentally timed her out instead of giving her mod powers at first. 
Yes, my own sister. Yeah. Watch it. She's got fucking hauling out to my head now. It sucks. Um. It's an alligator eater. That, no, that, that rhyming that this the meter doesn't fit that at all. God damn it. Um. Well, there's a reason I don't write songs for a living. It's like don't quit your day job. So I'm saying. See, uh, but yeah, uh, which of those Dragon Quests do you think we'll actually see first? <laughs> um, I'd say the HD3 or, um, maybe the Offline 10. Probably the HD3, because I mean, I mean, it's, it's a remake of a game that's been around a long time. I feel like. Uh, although it's, it's the one with an extant translation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's it's a battle of that. Uh, like that ten, uh, ten offline or treasures are the options for like we might see those. Uh, like the treasure is the one that they like promised. Like we're trying to make this a worldwide release, so we might see that before we see some of the others. But. Yeah. I do wonder how much of 10 story, 10 offline intends to cover, because there's a num a year years of accreted content. That is a very good question. They gave a, like, all of these were basically announcements with teaser trailers with no real indication of timetables or platforms or anything. All of them looked like they could run on Switch, but... <laughs> <laughs> and probably will. Uh, yeah, oh, I would be shocked if they like they would go through a great deal of compromises to make the most popular system currently going in Japan have a version of the new Dragon Quest. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I would suspect that all of those are Switch bound and PS4 bound. Um, yeah. uh, looking at Twitter, a lot of people seem to have been expecting Dragon Quest Builders three. I was. Yeah, curious. I would. When I when I saw all of those people, but... all I could think was like, I don't know how to break it to them that the director of DQ Builders and the person within the company who would have been most fighting to make sure that there was another one, uh, it left the company. Yeah. <laughs> like that was just probably never gonna happen. Yeah, unfortunate. As much as I would like to see it, it just all the everything was there to indicate that you were not gonna get this. I am sorry yeah. that you kept thinking that you were <laughs> yeah maybe maybe don't hold out the hope for that yeah. oh god oh god I must find something to eat to heal probably with Labor since I love this game uh, uh, and this is a big news this is a big week for announcements it seems because we also got some Monster Hunter news yeah tonight. just for wheels <laughs> just for me even though I haven't gotten to the content from the last update you gotta get good. Yeah. Um, so they announced the details for the next patch, and then was like, "Oh yeah, uh, here it is," and it's out. So I later in the stream I'll be playing, be playing some Monster Hunter. Although I don't think I'll actually be able to do anything in the new content. Yeah, I don't think you got what it takes. Yeah. Harsh. Wow. Also, apparently, like tomorrow morning, there'll be there'll be a Sonic Direct happening. Yeah, that's weird. 
it makes sense by virtue of the fact that like they've clearly been had like a number of sonic projects at some stage of development for a while and they keep hinting at them but i think covid really just destroyed them yeah so it'll be interesting to see what of the many conflicting rumors finally happens the things that have potentially leaked before are some flavor of collection of the old games which wouldn't surprise me and a remaster of Sonic Colors, which wouldn't surprise me either. Yes, that game deserves a remaster. Instead the of most stuck on the Wii. The most wild, like headass. Uh, I would love it, but it's absolutely never going to happen. Rumors that have been circulating for like a year and a half at the stages: Sonic Adventure One remake. Yeah. But, like I want that. No one else does. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, you're gonna play Big the Cat, and you're gonna love it. Uh, we got Hollywood in the chat who says I love this game. Hey Hollywood, yes, this is the the Switch port that just came out on yesterday. Yeah, everyone's just sort of hosting their like pre E three streams, I guess. <laughs> it's interesting since there's already going to be more announcements at E three. Yeah. yeah really raises the question of like what's not being shown at, what what's being held for e3 yeah maybe some uh, big stuff uh, we got the oh go i was just gonna say uh so one of the things they announced uh during the monster hunter thing today is like some capcom collaborations for like you know yeah. like they've done in the past like different capcom characters items and monster hunter coming up uh but they didn't detail what any of it was which made me speculate that perhaps they have some announcements in the coming at E3 uh, hmm. and some of the collaboration items will be related to those announcements. Just complete... I mean, those are basic... Collabs are basically ads, so yes. it not surprising. Complete speculation, but... Um, yeah. Can't wait for it to be based off of some Resident Evil that hasn't been announced yet. That, uh, that was my thought, because it seemed odd that the only one they did show was was like, oh yeah, here's some items from the same series, i.e. Monster Hunter Stories 2 items. Uh, so uh, we will see. I mean, there's been the long, persistent rumor that uh, some sort of like Resident Evil project for the Switch is in the wings, so... Be cool. That's my hope. I just finished Village and I already need more. <laughs> nice. Yes, I have to get back to seven. Village was free. Oh, oh god. Oh god. I need to stop trying to fight this alligator. It's murdering me. But speaking of that, uh, I should. Well, not not speaking of the alligators, but speaking of what I've been playing. Uh, so I finished Ari Village. Nice. That was extraordinarily good. I loved every minute of it, and I am idly replaying it. Uh, I have continued on my playthrough of Skies of Arcadia. That's going strong. Uh, collecting chams, collecting moonfish, doing bounty hunts. Uh, just, you know, try, trying to keep up with all the optional content as it becomes available so that I don't have a chance to forget something. Nice. Uh, gotta be Vice to Legend. I've been sending wheel screenshots at this stage. That game looks hilarious. I need to start playing it. 
It's a wonderful game, and I also sent wheels a threat, so that's good too. Uh, that's what fine. was it you were asking me to play with you? Apex Legends. Oh yeah, you wanted Apex Legends duos, and I said that I would do it if you finished Skies of Arcadia. Man, that's that's a lot, though. Yeah, and. All right, fine. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, other than that, uh, for, I, I got one of those bees in my bonnet that I sometimes get, where it's like, I need to play an entire series of games I've never played that are important, but that I've just never gotten around to. So I've been playing through the Mega Man Classic line. Nice. Well, that's right. That's why you were playing uh, the Game Boy games, I guess. I played the Game Boy version of one that merits its own story that I'll go into after I talk about what I've done so far. But yeah, I've played through... I'm halfway through five at this point. Nice. Uh, Mega Man 1 is pretty okay, except for Iceman's stage, which is just made by and for bastards. It's like... It's a magical land where everything about the game that sucks is just all condensed into a singularity. Uh, it's the first instance of the, uh, beloved Yoku blocks. Beloved? Which... Uh, yes, beloved. Uh, I forget where the nickname Yoku blocks came from, but it seems to be the nickname that at least some of the Japanese and American fans have for it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I hate them, uh, but they're not even the worst part of that stage. Because there's, they're never over something that can kill you in that stage, as I recall. Whereas, uh, the actual problem with that fucking stage is that there's, like, giant stretches where you're on top of, uh, moving platforms over gigantic chasms. And you can, in my experience, absolutely just fall through those. Ugh. So that sucks. Uh... Well, I mean, the rest of the game's pretty okay. It's a, it's a 1987-era platformer, but one of the better ones from that time. Uh, let's see. Mega Man 2 was fun. That was my favorite so far. Uh, shocker of shocks. Uh, it was not as obnoxious as some of the other ones. Uh, Metal Blade was good, actually. Um, and then Mega Man 3 is kind of an over-ambitious mess of a game in terms of its technical a aspects. Like, it's very fascinating to see you keep picking fights with these alligators wheels. I'm not just not sure where else I'm supposed to be going right now. I don't have any but other yeah. story quests. And, like, Mega Man 3 is fascinating because you get to see, like, what does it look like when someone's trying to push the Famicom way too far for what they have? Because, like, every few screens, it'll put, like, five or six sprites on the screen at once. And the game just becomes really sluggish and starts eating your inputs, and it's not fun. Um, which is a shame. Uh, the level design's pretty good, but everything else is eh. Uh, but, like, the technical issues are a problem that makes the game less fun. Uh, and then I did four, and four was four. Uh, it feels better than 3, but it has meaner level design. 
And generally, I don't need these games to be any meaner. It's and then I've been playing... I'm, I'm about halfway through five. I've done this all over the past week. It's, it, these are not long games. They're like an hour long each. But uh, I've gotten about two-thirds of the way through five. I've got most of the Robot, robot Masters down. Then I'll probably have... Proto Man's Castle, and then, because they pretend that Proto Man's the villain this, this one, then after Proto Man's Castle, I'll have to oh. sift through Wily's Castle, and that'll oh. suck. Oh, spoilers, man, spoilers. I can't believe it. I can't, I can't believe, believe it. it was Dr. Wily all along. I never would have seen that coming. Remember that part in Mega Man 4 where they just don't even give a shit at the end? Have you seen the ending of Mega Man 4? It's incredible I, how the I have. I don't remember what it is, though. It gives so little of a fuck. Like, you beat Dr. Wily, and he does, like, the groveling animation, and then stands up, and, like, like a revolving wall takes him away, and then Mega Man leaves. <laughs> they don't even fucking pretend that any sort of resolution happened, like, that anything was worthwhile there. Like, Just no. a complete waste of your and my time. No, you fuckers. Mega Man 5, coming next year. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not like it matters. It's Mega Save Man. Up like, your the fucking plot is, allowance. It's Mega Man. The plot does not matter, except for Legends. Legends is my soul. But uh, but even that doesn't matter that much. It's just charming characters, really. Um, but yeah, like, I've, I've, I'm done with that. Uh, like, I, I finished five. Uh, I've not finished five, but, like, once I get through. Like, I'm maybe halfway through my journey. I Oh, wait, I just realized I'll have to buy 11. That might be expensive. I'll go look into that. Uh, you don't have 11? So I did not buy... I, I th almost bought 11, but I was in a money crunch when it was coming out. And I was yeah. like, I can't justify this. Shouldn't be that expensive. Yeah. But then again, any prices of any older, oldish game have been skyrocketing, so I don't know. Yeah. Man, Amazon is very confused about this video game. Because <laughs> it has stan editions Standard and Mega Man 11. Uh, yes. Thank you, Amazon. Yeah, it's it's a little confused. Uh, Mega Man 11. And, like, I'm, I'm clicking for the Switch version, but it's giving me prices for the Xbox One version, and then if you click the Mega Man 11 edition it shows the PS4 version's box art so what? it's a very confused video game uh, but it's okay because they don't seem to have it physical? I, I only want the physical one, so I guess I'll check Best Buy Best Buy probably doesn't yeah, but it's worth a look, because yeah. I mean Second port of call. Oh, also, you save at zero dollars. Thanks. Uh, Thanks, Amazon. Thanks for nothing. Let's take a look, see what they'll give me. Mega Man 11, 1999. Nice. Price match guarantee. Get it tomorrow, nearby. If I don't want to go to someplace, just send it to me. Yeah, they should, they should give you free shipping, too. They won't. It's four dollars, but it's oh. fine. Yeah. Oh, see all shipping options. Maybe there's a cheaper one. Yeah, if I wanted it like faster, 
Okay, yeah, but it's it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a bit, but I mean whatever. It's at least they have it, and twenty dollars is not exactly a heinous price for this game. So, but yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, like my current play order requires me to do five and then six, and then like I have to decide if I'm gonna actually do the other Game Boy games. I mean, I might as well if I'm doing everything else, because I've also got Anne Base ready in, to, oh. in the chamber. Oh, so. God, why? Please don't. It's not going to be the GBA version. We're fine. Okay, good. Hey, guys, you ever see what happens if you just take a character that's designed for one screen resolution and don't change their sprite, even though the entire screen has shrunk? <laughs> you just zoomed everything in? <sighs> I have. It's called Mega Man 1 on Game Boy. Isn't that Wonder Swan game a Mega Man and base game? Yeah, uh, Rockman and Forte, Mirai Nocho Sensha, or whatever. Yeah, that game sucks. Like Challenge from the Future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mirai Kara Nocho Sensha. Yeah, it's just. Like, I don't think anyone likes that one. I have never heard a single kind word about it. No. But to dovetail this back to RPGs, once I finish the classic line, I have to do the Battle Network games as well. I think when we streamed that, we even got, like, either Jeremy Parrish actually popped into the stream or retweeted it or something. He, he tweeted at you about it, telling something you like that you that. shouldn't play that one. Because uh, I was going to say, it was something like that. Yeah, because like, he oh, saw that you were planning to. Oh, sweet Jesus, what are you poor souls doing? <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah that, was, that, was, that was like five years ago. Yeah. Good times. Uh, but yeah, okay, I'll fucking put this order in. By the time that it comes here, I should be just about done, except that I expect I fully expect Mega Man and Base to take me like a year. <laughs> <laughs> By all accounts, that game is brutally hard. Yeah. <gasps> Oh, Shark Volution. Viva la Shark! The shark is now a team. Oh. I don't know what a teenage shark is like. Filled Viva with angst. Shark Viva. angst. Shankst. Shankst. Okay, check out. I'll probably end up running me like thirty dollars between tax and shipping. Who knows? Oh, good. Now I have an actual story class. Okay. Don't have to try and kill alligators anymore. I'll make you kill an alligator. You will? No. <laughs> Place your order. Okay, the die is cast. I ordered Mega Man Eleven. Yay. For shopping with us. <laughs> and I've so, gotten the I was about to ask if you were going to play Mega Man Extreme, but I remembered you said you're doing the classic series. So. Yeah, Extreme is the X Games. So. Wait, so does that mean you're going to play the Wily Wars? Yeah. Getting. <laughs> that, that reminds me that limited. Did you see the limited run games thing? Yeah, yeah, they are releasing a, a Genesis card. Yeah, uh, all I could think was, but why? <laughs> all those but why gifts 
was what immediately came to my mind. I mean, it's the logical response, because Jesus, why? Yeah. But they'll probably sell a few thousand copies. These people are weird. Oh, yeah, yeah. People, people do anything. You can get a nice, awesome collection of those Mega Man games on your Switch or PS4 or Xbox or whatever. Instead, or you can get this Minakuchi engineering bastardization. Sorry, I'm just I'm being mean. Like the game's not that Wily Wars isn't that bad. It's just like odd. I've played it. It's it's not good. I mean, it was on the Sega Genesis Classic. People can play it, but like it 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 was so in Japan. It was weirdly almost positioned as a spinoff of the Game Boy games. It's very weird. Because in Japan, the Game Boy games were called Rockman World 1 through 5. Right. And then the Wily Wars in Japan was Rockman Mega World. Huh. And that's partly because it was developed by Minakuchi Engineering, who did all, the, who did not all of, but most of the Game Boy games. But partly it's just like, I don't know, to make it seem. Uh, to uh, probably to avoid pissing off Nintendo, if we're being honest. Uh, but yeah, like, so the requirements of this as of now are have to do Wily Tower, which means I have to do Mega Man 1 through 3 Wily Wars, have to do the Game Boy games, have to do like this is this is like when about four or so years back I went back and finished every Castlevania game I'd never finished. And that included, like, some real oddities, like the MSX Vampire Killer, which is just, like, a heinously difficult, mean game. Uh, I did Simon's Quest for the first time. I did, uh, you know, I just, I just went, oh, I did the N64 games. Uh, I replayed the PS2 games. Like, I just, I did all of the weird ephemera that you would normally skip. Oh, I did uh, Haunted Castle in the arcade. So this is that. This is me doing that again. Nice. Question mark. Uh, uh, could be worse, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I'm leaving out with my RPGs with. And also, in honor of Nocturne HD, I started playing Tokyo Mara Sessions again. Sweet. Even though I have Nocturne HD now, I just was like, yeah, it's time to do Nocturne HD, I guess. Uh, it's time to do Tokyo Mara Sessions Sharp FE Encore again. Yeah, you do. I need to play that too. It's like SMT, but not horrible and depressing. Very poppy. Yeah, very bubbly game. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's what I've been playing. That's what I've plan to play uh, Skies of Arcadia is my relaxation RPG uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is my this is more of a this is my going to bed RPG <laughs> uh, Mega Man is my ongoing uh, white whale of I will have an informed opinion about this or die trying nice yeah like it's, it's one of those things where it's like it is historical curiosity that drives me a lot of the time. Because, like, I mean, like, I, I liked Mega Man 2 and 3 just fine. I thought they were pretty good, but, I mean, they are... 
games where, like, my opinion would probably end at, oh, that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. Like, I, I don't fully understand the lifelong obsession some of the, these engender, but I'm playing them. Monster. Are you that? You're upset? a monster. No, not really. Okay. Also, are you are you excited about Shrek's twentieth anniversary? Not really. I just I I knew where that you're a monster intonation came from. Yes, yes, I've seen that movie a bunch of times. Enjoyed it quite a lot. Yes. Get Shrek. I'm, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying like it's it just turned twenty. Yeah, I feel like Shrek has become like this weird mem at this point. Uh, it's, it's deep into meme territory and has been for quite a while. Remember when it was originally going to star Chris Farley? I don't. Yeah, uh, there's actually some test voice acting from when he was... Like, he apparently completed, like, 80% of the role. Oh, wow. And then, like, you know, Chris Farley passed, as is yeah. known to anyone of our broad generational cohort. It's very sad. Uh, lived a very Belushi-esque life. Um, but, yeah, uh, there's there's a couple minutes of uh, of Shrek and Don Donkey conversing with Chris Farley as Shrek, and it's really surreal to listen to because it's like, it's Eddie Murphy as Donkey, but it's Chris Farley as Shrek, and it's based on, like, an earlier draft of the script, I think. Hmm. Because he's like, it, it involves Shrek's parents, which uh, didn't come up in the movie. <laughs> but there's no Shrek RPG yet, so that's as much as we need to go into that. Um, yep. But yeah. Uh, oh yeah, there's another thing we need to talk about. Time splitters? That's not an RPG, but I suppose we can. Yes, I, I, care about it. I want to talk about it briefly because we always loved... Speaking of, of memes, we love to talk about our favorite company possibly owned by the Swedish Mafia. Yeah. Who also involved with the publishing of Maneater, I must say. Yeah. Because they own Deep Silver, too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they... But hey, they established a new free radical entertainment, which I would never have guessed was going to happen in my wildest dreams. Well, if anyone was going to do it, if, if you told me someone was going to do it, my first response would like have if, been, if the... oh, is it THQ Nordic? <laughs> it's one of those situations where it's like if it like if you said someone is doing this and asked us to guess who would do it it's like like oh of course it's them yeah THQ New York and my second guess would be D Deep Silver yeah which is kind of cheating but whatever because they're basically the same company yes um but yeah I just I, I'm baffled by this but I mean it seems to be a lot of the old people from Free Radical so I mean it's not just in name. They yeah. actually... It does lead me to wonder, so a few months ago, maybe a month ago, I think, actually, uh, it was revealed that there was a full 4K Time Splitters 2 remaster buried in Homefront the Revolution. Yes, I actually re-bought a copy of Homefront the Revolution to... Play that. To play that, yeah. Although I haven't. And I yet. can't help but wonder if we see that remaster find its way, uh, in as just a separate package sometime in the near future. Possibly. I. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, we're, and not too long, we're talking about like, remasters of the whole trilogy. 
I would fully expect them to just skip one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, probably. One, like, for those who were not aware of this trilogy, it's a trilogy of first-person shooters for the PS2 era of consoles. Like, they lived and died there uh, by Free Radical Entertainment, which was a bunch of people who had worked on Goldeneye and then split off. Uh, so if you ever remember, if you were someone who played Goldeneye and remember rescuing uh, Dr. Doak, yeah, David Doak was an actual employee at Rare, and he went off to form Free Radical. But, yeah, so that's ongoing as, like, an idea that is forthcoming, presumably. Uh, but, like, I would suspect that it will be at least two or three years before we actually see Time Splitters 4. Yeah. But for, for those who weren't aware at the time, Time Splitters 1 is a PS2 launch title, and it's super, super rushed. It has the barest excuse of a single player mode which is to say it essentially has like multiplayer mode uh that like has like texts uh a bunch of bots and text in between telling you what is supposed to be happening time splitters 2 is basically like the sequel to goldeneye um <laughs> and time splitters future perfect is a bit like the fusion of that and halo but yeah, uh, I would expect two and three to get remasters at some point in the future. They were fun. Yeah, my <laughs> here, see here's my worry about this is I'm wondering, and you know maybe it could just be a case of everything old is new again. But um, after like something like Titanfall two didn't do that great, I'm just wondering if like the market for that sort of thing like just like an arena based shooter isn't really there right now because I assume if they did really want did Titanfall 2 do poorly? or did it not do as well as EA wanted it? that's a good point, that's a good point. there's also the fact that they released it less than a month out from their other much more marketed shooter oh, Battlefield that's right I forgot they did that like, that game was, in many ways, sent to die. Um, yeah. All right, maybe I'm just overly worried about them releasing this and it, and having no one to play with in multiplayer. <laughs> Don't worry, you can play with me. That's true. And hopefully they'll have bots. Oh, man, that would be good. Yeah. They should get the AI person. I know the, the Free Radical people were not the ones working on Perfect Dark, but they should steal that. The yeah. AI simulant behaviors. Anyone who didn't play Perfect Dark uh, missed out on all the weird personalities you could give bots in that game. Yeah. Big yeah. fan of peace sims, which turn into gun pinatas inevitably whenever they get killed. Yeah, I am sort of curious as to like where where the the market for first person shooters is going because obviously battle royales have been very successful and free to play games have been very successful. So. I'll be very curious to see like how Halo Infinite does, or even what exactly it is. I mean, Halo Infinite will do well because Microsoft will market the shit out of this. That's true. Like that's the flagship. That's them. Like, there's a reason that like Halo is so important that they can't afford to fuck it up. Yeah. Which is why like Halo will get delayed year after year if it has to. As long as it, when it comes out, it's in, like it maintains the uh, 
image of that as an indelibly quality brand. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I as much as I'm enjoying in things like, uh, well, sometimes Destiny, we'll talk about that in a bit. Oh and, yeah, you did say you have a rant yes, for that. And like Apex Legends, I would love like a classic like Time Splitters type game. There is almost nothing that plays like that anymore. No, it's if you want just like a simple first-person shooter to jump into, you got to do like Overwatch or Paladins. Even that has like classes and shit that's yeah. way more complicated. Like the thing about what Time Splitters was compared to a modern game is that it was very much from the GoldenEye and Quake era of design, where like what did you the things to learn were how the maps were laid out and where the weapons were exactly yeah whereas like like your character was mostly a skin except unless they had put someone like odd job in golden eye where it's just like you're half the height and everyone is going to punch you in the arm for having picked him yeah and there aren't really are there even any shooters like recently like that at all i can't think of any yeah like, there's always even... some sort of RPG element, some sort of class element. Yeah. I don't think even uh, the, the Call of Duty's multiplayer's play like that, I don't think. The closest I can think of is maybe the Doom multiplayer from the 2016 game. Yeah. I never played. I have but, either, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Would probably be as close as you can get to that. Like old school Halo multiplayer would also was also more akin to that than modern games. Uh, I don't know how Master Chief Collections multiplayer works. It's just that like might... the old games. Okay, so that would also be the closest you can get to that kind of first-person shooter. Now. Yeah. And I I think that that was maybe abandoned too quickly. I think that there is a market for a more pick-up-and-play first-person shooter yeah. than one where you have to learn matchups and like. Heck, I don't. I can't think of one where you, other than like a battle royale that's non-team based, like Fortnite, where you are just doing a traditional deathmatch. Yeah, not really. I mean, most of the other big ones are things that kind of ape off of uh, what should we call it? Um, what can I think of his name? The uh, Half-Life Two thing. Oh, Team Fortress. Or Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike, yes. Because it always have... ends up removing the, like, scramble for weapons aspect. Yes, to buying weapons, which is what yeah. Valorant does and uh, the new Apex mode do. Yeah, which is neat, but, you know, different. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I like that. I have not liked games like that in the past, but I do enjoy quite a lot in Apex. But... <sighs> Turns out response is really good at the job. They uh, are, yes. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've really just ignored RPGs in that way. Yeah, uh, I don't care. This is a good conversation. We've also ignored questions, but... Do we have any? Uh, we have some on 209. Uh... Uh, I'm gonna switch off of Mayor to Monhan. Uh, yeah, and let's let's hit some of these 
questions since we've both talked about what we're playing. Oh, wait, no, I didn't bring up the thing that I actually wanted to bring up. Oh, yeah, and also, I haven't hi, done my... Hey, Platty. I also haven't done my Destiny right yet, but... We can you want on, Platty? <laughs> yeah, you want, uh, you want, if you want to jump on and talk Dragon Quest, just let us know. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, though, uh, the thing I wanted to bring up, uh, Pokemon Arceus Legends has a... Oh, yeah. Uh, has a release date. January, right? January 28th, 2022. Yeah, I'm looking Call forward to that. Should be fun. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing against... Uh, Breath of the yeah, Pokemon. Uh, yeah, like, I'm very curious. Like, I hope that it runs better than it did when they showed it, but... I mean, that polish <laughs> step is one of the last things that's ever done on any video game, so... Yeah. But yeah, uh, um, but yeah, Pokemon Arceus Legends in, in January and Pokemon Diamond Pearl remakes in November. But that was less surprising because that's always when they happen. Yeah, those are cool. Looking forward to playing yeah. those, and then looking forward to somewhere past that black and white remakes. Uh, that'll be nice. Yeah. Well, that'll be Gen 9. Yep. Uh, Alright, should I get my Destiny 2 rant out of the way? Yeah, you, you go ahead. Yeah, okay. So, listen, I love me some Destiny. I've said it many times before, and I will say it again. When Destiny 1 or Destiny 2 are doing things right, you will not find, like, a better RPG-ish first-person shooter out there, ever. It's just that good. Problem is, the when the times when it's doing that seem to be getting rarer and rarer. Like, so I've tried to like take a break from it for a bit, and they've just brought back the very first Destiny raid from Destiny One. So obviously, I'm going to need to grind to be able to play that because that's cool, right? That's a, a fantastic raid, and it'll be cool to play like a slightly different version of it, mm -hmm. a newer engine. But the grind to get there is just... It's so bad. Like, uh, I'm at light level, like, 1262 right now. You have to get to 1300, and... Just doing activities and getting nothing new that increases my light level. It's painfully slow. The new activities they add every season are boring as all. Fuck. Like, the, the, the great thing about Destiny 1 was they had these cool weekly activities you could do. One was um, Prison of Elders, where you, you go in and you have to do three rounds of, like, destroy all these enemies while also doing this other objective. And it was, like, randomized, and then I think they had a different weekly one. But it was different, you know, at least each week. Uh, and they had different activities like that. Like, you could do, of course, some of the raids, and you could do... They'd have different... Uh, they had a bunch of different PvP modes, which are, have never shown up in Destiny 2. And in Destiny 2, it's a lot of, like, 
do these boring public events, or here's a quest where you have to do these, kill this certain numbers of this type of enemy, and blah, blah, blah. And they add, like, a new activity every season where it's like, do this exact same thing, sequence of events over and over again. And I'm just getting, like, beyond frustrating at this point because they already had a formula that, it, that works. Like, you just need some... Like, the weekly grind in Destiny 1 was awesome because there was variety and there was a lot of fun things to do and it, it just doesn't... Uh, you know, I'm probably grumbling too much because there are some things I like to do. Like, they have a cool P PvP slash PvE mode that was never in Destiny 1, but... It's just annoying. It, it's, an, it's like this... And you'll see lots of people complaining about Destiny 2 constantly, and yet we're all still playing it and giving money to it because... Because, like I said, when Destiny 1, which did this a lot, and Destiny 2, which does it less often, are at their best, it's freaking incredible. And just, like, uh, unmatched in any other game you can play. And it, it just feels like... <sighs> I am getting much less of that than I used to, and I am very annoyed. <laughs> Uh, here's something to brighten the conversation. I've been looking over, like, the actual Dragon Quest announcements. Yeah. Dragon Quest 3D HD 2D to have a worldwide simultaneous release planned on home consoles. Awesome. And Dragon Quest 12 has also been confirmed to be a worldwide simultaneous release. Woohoo! Finally! That's, that is a weird position to be in. Yes. First time ever, right? I don't think we've ever gotten it before, yeah. Unless you count uh, some ports, but that doesn't count. Because I think Dragon Quest XI-S for Xbox and PS4 was a worldwide release. And that really doesn't count. Claudia <laughs> has agreed to join us with the statement. Uh, okay, I won't, uh, I won't bring it up unless... He wants to bring it up, but yeah, he's supposed to invite him. Okay. Here she comes. Watch out, Bosh. Hello, go Red Sox. Hello. Screw you. Go Rays. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? I don't know. Let me. I'm just gonna preface this with I'm about uh, six or seven ounces into the alcohol tonight. Yeah, so. I wasn't gonna bring up that you said you were tipsy in the message, but since you brought it up, I was gonna say I was assuming you were <laughs> drinking in celebration of all that Dragon Quest news. Well, there was first <laughs> the Tampa Bay Lightning advanced, so go Lightning! Woo! Okay. And uh, my for the past like year, anytime my teams sports teams win their with series or whatever, I've had a good old pot of Cheetos Flaming Hot Pasta um, to go with a big old shot of Fireball. Can't be real. <laughs> oh, no. Since August of last year, it is wow. real. It And let me tell you, my uh, my belly feels it. <laughs> but, hey, uh, yeah, between... wow. What the fuck? 
Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, that that is it is some good stuff. Um, Go I should have gone with the jalapeno, not the flaming hot. That usually is a much better idea. But you know, the Lightning won the Stanley Cup last year. The Rays were in the World Series, and the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Who am I to, you know, break with it's tradition? A good luck charm at this point. It is. I mean, you know, I, I can't not do that. Any playoff game, any playoff series, it, it's a win. I got to do that. But then, yeah, Dragon Quest. That was an interesting 30 minutes. Yeah, that's um, a lot of Dragon Quest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> First ever, ever simultaneous release for a main series title is a big announcement. When? Uh, well, well, who knows? Be 20, who knows? <laughs> well, but, exactly. Yeah. Now, like we're gonna be, so, we are gonna be years down the line before we see that game. Oh yeah, I mean we didn't even see an artwork. That was kind of like it was like when they announced DQ11 by just saying it was happening. Yep. Yeah, yeah. This is like, hey, surprise. So uh, I will, I, will lay, I would lay down money that we will not see that game out before Yuji Hori turns seventy. <laughs> How old is he now? Sixty-seven. Yeah, no, I mean, it'll be in Japan in probably, like, two years. No, they said world simultaneous, worldwide. Oh, well, then I will give that a little extra longer. (laughs) I thought what was interesting is how they completely effed up the uh, Eric and Mia game. Oh, Dragon Quest Treasure. Yes. Now, that looks fun. Don't get me wrong. It looks like maybe an action RPG version of a mystery dungeon game. Yeah. Um, maybe more like Yokai Blasters or something. I'm game for that. Oh, I'm 100% game for that. But that was supposed to be a Dragon Quest Monsters game. They 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 admitted even in that in a very yep. sidelong fashion that something had gone wrong. Yep. So that they game, were like through a long and twisted process, <laughs> they had become the protagonists of Dragon Quest Treasures. Yep. So that was uh, I want to say November December 2018. We were told, hey, we're working on the next Dragon Quest Monsters game. And we saw the artwork of uh, Eric and Mia with those little uh, fairy kind of sprites. There was a pig floating above one of them and something above the other one. And they're like, this is the next Dragon Quest Monsters game. And then in January of 2020, you know, before COVID, they were like, listen, some things have gone wrong. (laughs) Yeah, This, This is in development hell. And we are not going to say anything else for another year. Like, in January 2020, they said, we got nothing to report this year. Yeah, I would fully suspect that that was probably around the time it was morphing from Dragon Quest Builders into Dragon Quest... Not Builders. Monsters into Dragon Quest Treasures. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because they... Like, that was... Because their other option would have been to just not acknowledge it for a while. Oh, yeah. Like, they didn't have to to say Yeah, I think they wanted to acknowledge something is being done but there's been some huge changes in this development. <laughs> and uh, what about that Dragon Quest X news? Dragon Quest X offline. The version I want. I, I'm game for that because I, I'm not yeah. really going to sit down and play an MMO for Same. months on end. Oh yeah, no, I'm absolutely into that. They That was the only one that they didn't announce for simultaneous worldwide release, but at the same time, when they were talking about Dragon Quest X, it was incredible because like the subtitles, they, they were subtitling what the guy was saying, but up in the corner next to the subtitles is there are no plans for worldwide release. Oh. And that, 
But they that, didn't say that until after they went through all the trailers of version 1 through 5.5. Yeah. And it then was... they get to version 6, and it's like, oh, by the way, you know, the last five minutes, middle finger pointless. to all you guys. Completely pointless. But, yep. like, for they that that disclaimer was not there for Dragon Quest X Offline. I fully suspect no. that Dragon Quest X Offline, half the reason it's being made is an excuse to reuse all this shit and, like, release it again worldwide. I mean, they've got the story. They've got whatever. Yeah. I mean, they don't have to re... You don't have to sit down in a writer's room and redo it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and if they're doing it for Japan, it's just a matter of, you know, like if they can the, get a uh, bunch of the Japanese audience that weren't on board with the MMO. Yep. And like the worldwide audience that's been begging them for DQ10. The real question is how much of DQ10 does this cover? Yeah. I mean, everything they showed, because yeah. I played through version one of Dragon Quest 10. I did that right about, a, gosh, what is this, May? Um, I did it. A year ago, almost exactly. Yeah. I spent two weeks in May of uh, 2020 since, you know, we were in lockdown anyway. I played for about three hours a night for two weeks, um, put in almost 35 hours. I beat version one of Dragon Quest X. I did probably yeah. two thirds to three quarters of the content because um, version one, you can get 10 different seals, but you only need six to go beat the game. And I did the six plus a little bit extra. And I did it. I followed somebody had written a great translation guide um, on Switch and a couple other places. You can get the you can get through like version 2.5 for free, um, nice. and you just got to sign up for a free. Like I did it on the Switch. I didn't even you know, people were like, "Oh, you got to put in your address and all this stuff on the Square Enix site." I didn't do that. I played right through and didn't need any of that information. Just logged hmm. on to my Japanese Switch account and. I was fine, which was pretty oh, easy to make in five minutes. So, yes. yeah, everything that they showed was definitely version one content. Most yeah. of it even was the game starts with like a two to three hour kind of prologue. Yeah. Um, and you're in one time period and then you go to another time period where you pick a uh, race to be for story reasons. Mm -hmm. And they did show kind of both those parts. But yeah, everything they showed was definitely version 1.0 content. Yeah, and like I, I have to wonder, like, did a part of me wonders, do they intend to sell DQ10 offline and then sell you the other like additional parts to line up with more versions or what? Because like I mean, that, they could have that going for years. Yeah, I mean, that would just be a steady revenue stream at this point, given how long it takes to make actual new Dragon Quests. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then the assets don't really change much. Yeah. So I you could know. see that being, like, a consistent revenue stream of, like, just slowly convert DQ10 uh, into an offline game for that. I was very surprised by the visual style they went with. Oh, God, that's like 3DS. It's a very strange-looking game. I loved how they translated it. Super deformed. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's usually what uh, people. That's what the old, what they always called it in the old school. It's like, oh, it's SD. It's super deformed. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's a lot of Dragon Quest. And how do we feel about Dragon Quest uh, three HD two D? Oh, it's not Dragon Quest three. Did you listen carefully with the whistle blowing? No. Um, we're getting 
Um, we're getting Dragon Quest 1, 2, and 3. <gasps> oh, yeah, they were very, oh. like, careful about, like, but they only showed three. They only showed but then, three. But then they were, like, talking about, like, oh, there's a, can, can you tell us about, what about 1 and 2? And it's like, that's a weird thing to bring up if you don't intend to do it, and this is a very controlled PR thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so... Hori, yeah, Hori talked about it, and they kept blowing, they had a, um, like, an NDA whistle. Any yeah, it was just like a whistle, whistle of like, you're not to allowed to talk about this. Yep. But no, he definitely said something about like, oh, you know, and one and two also. Yeah, so Sweet. Dragon Quest 1 through 3, I'm looking forward to playing through Dragon Quest 1 and 3 and throwing 2 into a ditch. <laughs> uh-huh. But it'll be a 3D ditch. Yeah. Wait, no, no, no. Beautiful, uh, HD gorgeous 2D HD ditch. 2D ditch. To be fair, that shit looks absolutely sick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it looked beautiful. Like, I was going to replay DQ3, and then, like, that was announced, and it's like, well, I guess I'm putting that off. Yeah. <laughs> now, we had done a, uh, for my uh, podcast, Slime Time, we got online about half an hour before when they were doing all the Japanese Oh, yeah. And, stuff. No, I was expecting you to have strong strong opinions and to have seen this whole thing. <laughs> yep, yep. So we, we were recording beforehand, and I put together a chart for, gosh, we had a podcast with nine people on it. Oh, Remind wow. me never to do that again. Yeah, um, don't do that. Jesus. <laughs> so we kind of just opened it up to pretty much anybody who's been a guest on Slime Time in the past. We uh, put it on our Discord server and just had a lot of people on, and... Uh, last minute, a couple other people joined. It was like, whatever, that's fine. And then I put I put a little chart in there, and half an hour before the uh, actual announcement started going, we started recording, and I was kind of going through all the different things that maybe would be announced, like Dragon Quest Nine didn't get mentioned. All, we were a hundred percent sure we'd get nine, and um, yeah, a couple other things. And one of the things I'd put on there was a Dragon Quest Three remake, and like, one person was kind of confident in that. And someone was like, why did you even put it on there? Most people and, would have assumed that was the long shot. Yeah. There was a leak about a year ago that I found, typing in Dragon Quest leaks just a few hours or a couple days ago. There was something on there. And, you know, these lists of leaks are a dime a dozen. And, yeah. you know, 90% of it is nothing. But it was the fact that it was near a near re- net replicant remake. It was the so next like they, thing on the both list. Both of those had been and I was like, oh. by the same source. Mm. Yeah, I was like, so this actually happened, and it did predict Q2 2021. And I was like, well, look at that. And Dragon Quest Three was on there, and I'm like, you know what? I'll just throw it on our list, see if anybody bites on it. And yeah, like one or two of our nine people were like, oh, yeah, I think that could happen. And the other seven of us were like, yeah, are you kidding? But there you go. Yeah, and that looks yeah. gorgeous. It looks absolutely it, it stunning. It does. When that trailer first started up, I was like, oh, are they really doing Dragon Quest Builders 3? <laughs> that was my thought. Because, like, I, I, that was the one I was fully willing to throw my weight behind. Will not happen. Yeah. DQ Builders 3. Yeah, we had one out of nine people confident that it would, and eight out of nine of us were like, meh, that's yeah. probably done. Uh, I've seen a bunch of people that like really were confident on Twitter that like oh there's got to be DQ Builders three and it's like I don't know how to break it to you the guy who directed those and would have been the biggest reason that they would make another one left. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Dragon Quest match three we're all in on that. 
No, because it's gotcha. racers. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I swear to God, they're going to translate that as Dragon Quest Erasers. I have a feeling. Listen, can... I mean, that would make sense. If they're, like, bringing over more gotchas, can I please, please get the Hearthstone clone? Please, give it to me. <laughs> Rivals was talked about on the uh, Japanese-only uh. portion. But that's shutting down. It's shutting like, down? That means oh, that yeah, failed. you didn't know that? No. Rivals is done in July. Okay. It's okay, that means that it failed badly. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're turning that off. Um, there's a way for, like, that people in Japan to download their cards so they can, like, flip through them and, you know, always get really pissed off that it's gone. I don't know. Um, but, no, that is a, that's a Here's goner. JPEGs. I hope you like them. <laughs> yep. Now, to me, this is a game that should get the Dragon Quest offline treatment. It's a card game. And they actually, when they went to the Ace format in uh, August of 2020, they have a single-person campaign in the game. Huh. huh. Yep, it was, uh, it was PvP for the most part for quite a while, for three years, I guess. And the tutorials menu, I, I've played it for about 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And the tutorials I did for 12 hours and didn't even make it through half of them because they're more tutorials slash challenges, kind of yeah. teaching you the ways to play. And there's PvP, obviously. And then, yeah, like last August, when they changed it from just Dragon Quest Rivals to Dragon Quest Rivals Ace, they added an entire one-player campaign. So, Based on when they... Uh, based on when they're shutting it down, it sounds like Rivals Ace was kind of a last-ditch attempt to reignite interest. Yeah. They gave it They gave it their best. They're like, you know, maybe PvP isn't the only thing people want to do. I get the feeling that they're, they're still struggle, struggling with the idea that, like, Dragon Quest players are predominantly people who wish to play alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, Which, the Grotto... I mean... The grotto shit in DQ9 was as close as you can get most like DQ players to wanting to play together, and that was mostly just, okay, swap these, now I'm going to go play alone. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, you're right. Dragon Quest Nine has a lot of multiplayer, but, I mean, it was really just tag up with people. Yeah. You didn't tag feel up. obligated to play it with other people. Mm-mm. I did absolutely once. I was in New York City, um, 2015, 2016, and I met up with a pe- group of people that uh, regularly met up at Tag Mode Tuesday. Wow. At the, uh, in Rockefeller Center, uh, there's a Nintendo World Store there. Yeah, yeah. And I met up on a Tuesday um, when I was in New York City for like two weeks and played with them for about an hour and a half. I think we ran a Grotto Boss and luckily, I had my hero at level 99. Otherwise, I would have been looked down upon. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing here? Um, and, like, I beat a grotto boss once or twice with them doing that. Uh, and then afterwards, actually, my slime that's when I met my Slime Time co-host. And we went to a Starbucks, and he traded me some stuff. So I got the good maps. But, like, the actual, like, playing, <laughs> they have, like, an hour in multiplayer total. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, it just doesn't seem like people people don't want that out of their like mainline Dragon Quest. Oh, that does remind me of something that 
uh, feels like it's going to inevitably engender controversy whenever they actually show it. The uh, thing that they were talking about, about DQ-12, that I'm sure you heard. Mm-hmm. The command system? Yeah, that I'm talking about, oh, we're going to change up the command battle. Will you? I know. You? Like, they said they were... The early trailers for Dragon Quest Nine show it, basically, like, MMO, ARPG style. Yeah, and people, like, rioted, and they backtracked on that. And I get the sense that if they show anything even half that, like, you know, uh, different, then, like, they're going to get the exact same reaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... It would be very curious, because they were, like, trying to... I think they were trying to head that off at the past, because they were like, oh, like, we're not going to completely get rid of Command Battle. <laughs> Uh, good Please luck. Don't riot. Dragon Quest Twelve equals Final Fantasy Twelve. You. Um, yeah, I hope not. I hope so. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just FF Twelve is always the game that I want to like way more than I do. Like, it, on paper, there's so much great about it, and I play it, and I like, I can't care it's about like a this. Bioware battle system only good. I mean. I, I would rather play KOTOR. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I, I don't necessarily want that back. You know, they, they're going to have this Eric and Mia Treasures game, and, you know... Oh, that looks fun. That can be <laughs> your different. Keep Dragon Quest Twelve rooted in what the other ones have yeah. done. Just do the spin-offs, and if any of those do well, you could maybe continue more. Yeah. Yep. I thought when we were uh, watching the Treasures uh, trailer, me and a friend who I was watching it with were both kind of like, because we both knew about the concept art they had done for a Monsters game. I was thinking, we were both like, this isn't quite like what you'd expect from Monsters. Like, what is this? And then, like, there's there's some questions, like, is this going to be, like, uh, roguelike? Like the mystery dungeon? Like some sort of pseudo-mystery dungeon-style game or what? And then it turned out to be Treasures, which means that we're still not quite sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and they even said something like, uh, you know, it's new. We're not quite ready to tell you everything about it. Um yeah, my guess is it comes out to be something like Yokai Blasters. You know, I did not play that, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, but more like the Yokai Blasters ver stuff that was in um, Yokai Watch Three. It also Yokai Blasters was set. It, they reused all the assets yeah. from one and two. You were in the towns. You were in the old time and two. You were in the present. You were in the past. Um, but it was an action RPG. The thing it, that I got the impression of when I looked at it was an almost Zelda-esque construction. I mean, and that's... yeah. I assume I mean, that's vaguely Blasters how Blasters like works. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, so we're just not walking around the town. No. It was a, a top-down, you're looking at it and just walking around hitting stuff. Mm -hmm. um, in... Yokai Watch 3, 
they had a whole Blasters content that I just beat Blasters like two weeks ago. And I was surprised how different it was from the quote unquote Blasters type content that was in three because they had like (laughs) an entire game buried in three. You could play 20, 30 hours of side they just, content. They just buried a canceled Yokai Blasters 2 in Yeah, there is Yo-Kai a Yokai Blasters, Blasters 2, sir. Yep. Okay, they just buried a canceled Yokai Blasters 3 in I would Yo-Kai agree with Blasters you, except they, 2 and Yokai Blasters 2 and 3 came out around the same time. It, they did. It was very close <laughs> together. Well, how close together was it in Japan, though? Very close. I mean, in the U.S., it was. It was. Yeah. Like we, I mean, nev- we never got in the United States. Yeah, we never got Yokai Blasters too, but that came out. At this rate, we're never getting Yokai Watch Four. Don't remind me. <laughs> but the Blasters uh, content in Yokai Watch Three was very um, mystery dungeon esque. It was still it, it was still action RPG. You know, you weren't just moving one tile or anything. But it was a room separated by a ridiculously long corridor connected to another room connected, you know, by long corridors. If you'd played a mystery dungeon game, walking through like just that's a couple how of those levels, maps are checked. That's how those yeah. go. Yeah. Whereas in the Blasters standalone game, you were just running around the city from the first couple games. Yeah. So I was actually surprised when I went back and played Blasters. I was like, oh. Like, the battling is the same, but this is not the layout that I was used to. That's fully in the, like, if this had, uh... If Yokai Watch 3 had done better, they might have tried doing a spin-off of a spin-off. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait a minute. So, Wheels, did you say there was a Blasters 2 in Japan? There is a Blast... Well, Busters, but yes. Busters 2, yeah. Yokai Watch yeah, yeah, have a copy. It was... It was like, uh, I want to say, Indiana Jones themed. Oh, nice. Let's just make, well, you let's know just what? make more That's what was in Yokai Watch 3. Yeah. Because you were, you were in... Yeah. yeah. Yes. You were in, um, what is it, Pyramids and yeah. going around the desert? Yep. So okay. I, I can't remember if it came out after 3 or it was just around the same time as 3, but they were definitely like closely related. Sure. Okay. Let's look. Uh, Buster. There are probably ways we can verify yeah. this. But no. All, yeah. It's the internet. All three Yokai Watch games on the 3DS are just loaded with ridiculous amounts of content. <laughs> and it, it still burns me that they were kind of passed over by a lot of people who may have liked them because you know they do kind of when you just take a glance at them they look like oh this is just a lame Pokemon clone. And then you play the demo, and it's like, oh, this battle system sucks. You sh- shut your <laughs> mouth. I'm sorry it that is. Yokai Watch 1's battle system is terrible. It's not. You're wrong. Correct. <laughs> but it's okay. Wheels it's is okay correct. Sorry, wrong. David's wrong. Wheels is correct. <laughs> so this is where I point out that uh, in the Yokai Watch Busters 2 came out approximately shut a year and a half up, after Yokai Watch 3. Oh. oh, there you go. It was after. So it was. So Yokai Watch Three was the test run for Yokai Busters Two. Okay. Uh, for those watching the stream, I just ruined a long fight in Monster Hunter Four. 
three randoms oh. by dying thrice. Or Yokai Busters one was I don't fucking remember what I mean. I got busted. Busting makes me feel good. Um yeah. I did appreciate that um what was it when you were in the hearse, bust like every time you went to do a mission, you know, it was all uh Ghostbuster style. You slid down the fire pole into the hearse and took off. But that car burst out of the fire station and there was a huge billboard in the background for Tatari. <laughs> and it was the A, like the A, the stylized A symbol for Atari just turned upside down to look like a T. <laughs> I feel like this game was just like a game of legal chicken. Kind oh, yeah. of. I honestly didn't really get the Ghostbusters kind of look until, like, the end credits. They're all standing there with, like, backpacks and, like, things in their hand. I'm like, wait a minute. That didn't really happen in the game. You just went and punched stuff. They didn't have it's little... really just cruising for illegal person. I don't quite... Well, I mean, you had the Y files in 3. That That's one's, true. like, more explicitly, like, a parody. There's comment on what's happening. This was just you're stealing their bit. <laughs> <laughs> the Y Wi- files is hilarious. That I love was that good. so much. <laughs> like parody is protected as long as you're saying something about the original work. Yokai Watch Blasters doesn't seem like it's saying anything about Ghostbusters. Sure it is. It's 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 talking about saying the this deeper, was cool. The deeper it meaning and the feeling of Bustin makes you feel good. I don't feel like there's a deep meaning there. It just makes you feel good. <laughs> Well, you didn't you didn't play the game, so how how would you? Sure. You sound really unconfident <laughs> in the assertion you're making. <laughs> uh, well, that this has been raucous already. We should probably hit at least a couple of questions, though. I'm ready to answer questions. Okay, let's do it. From from good friend Shaman in uh, from the episode 209 comments. If a company goes on your no-buy list for their quality, how many games do they need to come off of it? Related, can PQ mess up NMX Xeno Reborn any more than it already seemingly is? Uh, I feel like this question is a personal attack. (laughs) Because I keep buying Idea Factory games. So the answer is for wheels, nothing. There yes. is no, there is no there shit is no list number. that will not get you that you will you will not buy. If off it looks of anyway. neat, I don't really care what they made before. The wow. thing is that you keep getting burned by these as well. Not, not really in recent years, actually. Not as much. <laughs> not really at all. Like, I mean, there's been some stuff that's just kind of boring, but I feel like it's been ages since I've played. So eight. when are you playing Neptunia Virtual Stars? I'll stream that next week or something. <laughs> but it, I gotta it's... find out when you. I gotta see when you. Uh, where where Corona is in the game. <laughs> it's it's been a long time <laughs> since I've played an Idea Factory game that was just outwardly. Oh, this is insulting to my intelligence. Have confidence. Uh that would be uh, the whatever Alex gave me about a year ago that I never reviewed. Sorry, Alex. Oh, was that the uh, the 2D Neptunia game? Oh God, no! I did that. I okay. did that, and I reviewed that, and it won the uh, won it won a uh, worst RPG of the year for us based on my review. <laughs> that's a that's a very pretty mediocre game. 
it's very pretty. Yeah. I, I don't and think it, that Platy sounds ready to call it mediocre. That seems too oh, kind. It absolutely. Was sh- it was visual. You could see when you were going to start a fight. But every single fight was the freaking Dogu sprite. <laughs> Even though that wasn't in the battle. You were 10 hours into the game fighting endgame monsters. And it was still the Dogu sprite <laughs> hopping around. That's how they couldn't. They couldn't like make two sprites. They couldn't make three. They couldn't make four different sprites. Wasn't it made by to like, show enemy encounters? Uh, some studio in Quebec or something. Yeah, to make the situation was. more weird. Why? It... <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> yep. No, they they just they sourced that one out, and I don't know. It looked very pretty, and then everything else was uh, the battle system. I did not enjoy. You had four. You had four people in battle, um, and yet only one could attack. Like your little action bar filled up for the party, so it was like the party action bar filled up, and you just decided which of those four were going to attack. Like, and then all the other monsters attacked, and then your party got to attack. It wasn't like all four of yours got to attack, and then them. So why would you construct a game in this fashion? I don't know. It, I'm reminded it, of uh, beloved. Disaster Evergrace 2 Forever Kingdom, which had a three person party, but they all shared one life bar. Oh, so it really well, just meant dumb. that there were three three points of weakness. Yeah. To this, you could have just had one party member with like four different attacks instead of four party members with one attack. It was. Yeah. The only reason I can think of for why they constructed it that way is that they didn't, like, a lot of people playing Neptunia just want their, like, Neptunia waifu, so. Oh, yeah, you can't have just one. So it's like, well, just split them up as much as possible. And the thing is, it, like, the dialogue was so much less. Like, the dialogue was okay. I was like, wow, this is not Persona Q. <laughs> Preview an upcoming RPG backtrack. Hey, um, the dialogue in the Q level. The dialogue in that is fine. It's just endless, endless. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> well, so this was not as bad as other Neptunia games. It was not as endless as other games. But it was just ruined by everything else. I'm like, okay, this is the kind of dialogue that could get me through a Neptunia game. And then I played everything else and was like, God, forget it. I'm done. Yep. Peace. I mean, I did it because it was a 10-hour game. And then... Um, but you did it miserably. <laughs> I did it miserably. Well, listen. And then last year, I stupidly raised my hand for whatever the heck it was that came out for the Switch. V- it was VII. Oh, V2. Uh, yeah, it was not. It was not 5. It was not 5-2. It was not I, I, It's V2, right? Every time I see that, I assume it's 7, but it's apparently nope. V2. It's V2. And, no, I was... You know what? That 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 was my bad for raising my hand. <laughs> what was the problem with that one? There were so many different systems going on there. Yeah. yeah At happens. some point, I was just... Yep, I was just lost in all the systems. And... I think I made it through about 12, 14 hours 
and then I stupidly looked at how much was ahead of me and tapped out. <laughs> yep, I was yeah. like, nope. There's, there's this weird thing about Idea Factory games where they like to poke fun at JRPGs and then do all the things they're making fun of. Oh, yeah. that's always the worst. <laughs> like, you aren't excused for having done something terrible just yes. because you told me you were going to do it. Yep. Yeah. Like, like, saying something sucks and then doing it anyway just makes it worse. Yeah, like, Fairy, Fairy Fencer F is like makes fun of stupid JRPG systems while introducing you to its stupid JRPG systems. Isn't this silly? Well, it's going to be your entire life in this game, so get used to it. Yes. Aren't these things silly? Now let me tell, explain to you how ours works. That was one of the ones that you liked. <laughs> yeah, no, that game's fine. But yeah, like, just just don't do that. Like, at that point, I would rather you just be earnest rather than being, like, cute about it. Yeah. Like, one of the, I'm playing, I'm going to keep coming back. I'm playing Skies of Arcadia. That game is cliche as hell. There is no point where it is winking at you about it. It's just like... No, these are the things that are happening are cool, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the attitude you need to take if you don't have like a spin on something. If you don't if you aren't going to do something different, don't draw attention to it. Just accept like believe wholeheartedly in the idea that it's good to do this cliche because the cliche was fun. <laughs> <sighs> uh, yeah. Uh, as is probably clear at this point, I don't think any of us is discerning enough to put an entire company on our shit list. Like, usually, the the only thing that'll get me to, like, avoid a company entirely is, like, oh, I hate what this is doing to the industry, so I don't want to support them. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even do that for that. Wow. I, I, don't, I don't have a shit list. I well, because... Here's, here's... I haven't really played any Chemco games, but I mean, it's not like I'm opposed to it. Yeah, like it's just that <laughs> like none of these are interesting to me. It's like it's more like Correct. I don't play gotcha games because I dislike them on a yeah. moral level. Yeah, I, <laughs> I understand that, but at the same time, like yeah. people that like boycott an entire company, it's like if their game you think is awful and terrible does bad, who do you think's gonna suffer at that company? It's always gonna be the people the making. Guy. Yes. Like, it's like the same reason it's like, anytime someone's like, oh, game prices have to go up because, like, you know, inflation or whatever. And it's like, all of that money has gone into executive compensation. Nothing has gone into increasing the wage of the grunt-level workers. Yeah. Like, even when the companies trumpet that, like, oh, we're lowering executive compensation, there was, like, this thing, like, a month or so ago that was, like, Oh, Bobby Kotick to receive a pay cut at Activision Blizzard, and it's like, Vomit. and then like you actually read the thing, and it's like, oh well, his his compensation on paper goes down by half, but then like, if certain goals are met, then he gets like the full salary plus a bunch of like stock option shit, and it's like, oh, so he's not getting his pay is not getting lowered at all. And this is just, like, an attempt to deflect heat because they keep, like, increasing his compensation and then firing, like, 500 people at Blizzard every time. And Blizzard just lost one of their best people. I mean, Blizzard is rats from a sinking ship at this stage. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I have nothing but pity for the people currently working there because it's just, like, you're 
you're being slowly dismantled and like a lot of those people are people that probably care deeply about Blizzard as a legacy and it's just like oh yeah there I mean there's issues there but at the same time um, I mean like Hearthstone's way better than it used to be so some things are still working in there oh guy Janon uh, uh, Is that why my phone's blowing up? Are you adding it? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't Are you don't allowed think to I add can, it? So. I don't think I can. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I don't think any of us is like... Like, we usually take these on a game-by-game -game basis, because, like, companies don't make games. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Teams make games. Hello. Hello. Hey. Gaijin, were you out rioting in the street with everybody else in Japan about the Dragon Quest announcements? I'm sorry, but rainy season arrived almost three weeks early over here. Nobody is out in the streets right now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the Dragon Quest stream or at least hear about it? Not yet. Please enlighten me. Uh, okay, let's go over this for the third time in this podcast. Okay, there is a Dragon Quest. Uh, we'll start from, we will go the order that they went in, which is generally from least interesting to most interesting. <laughs> uh, there is a Dragon Quest Match 3 gotcha smartphone puzzle game called Dra with a like eraser aesthetic called Dragon Quest Keshi Keshi. Uh, Dragon okay. Quest 10 is moving on to its version 6. Okay. Uh, so more story Which content. Was really that. fun because they announced that in the English portion of the show and then threw a disclaimer after about five minutes into it. By the way, this isn't coming out worldwide. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, Dragon Quest X Offline was announced, which is some sort of like full on remake of DQ10, but as a single player game. Okay. We know almost looks... nothing about it. It's SD now instead of the original art style. Oh, yeah. It looks like a 3DS game. It's a very odd looking video oh, game. Mm -hmm. Uh,. But, I mean, that there was no disclaimer about that not being a worldwide release. Correct. They did say they were very early into it and really didn't have much to say other than, hey, look, we made this. The that's more like this. a promise, basically, than yeah. a game. Uh, Dragon mm -hmm. Quest... The, the one they showed was Dragon Quest 3 2D HD. Like a remake of Dragon Quest Three in the Octopath Traveler engine, and looking a lot like Octopath Traveler, and from one oh, of the yeah. art directors of Octopath Traveler. Interesting. And they and then were. Then tried to talk about how they were doing one and two, and yeah. they uh, told them to shut up. Yeah, they were. <laughs> they were. They were quote unquote coy about it, but yeah, yeah. Dragon Quest One through Three, remade in the Octopath Traveler looking engine. Uh, the the big uh, misdirect for those who had been following it too closely was they showed a young Eric and Mia game from Dragon Quest XI, uh, and it's not Dragon Quest Monsters like they had initially promised. Mm -hmm. It is a new spinoff called Dragon Quest Treasures that appears to be some sort of yokai watch busters slash Zelda-esque construction. It's not Mystery Dungeon. I think if it was yeah. Mystery Dungeon, they would have said that. Yeah, it's definitely not Mystery say Dungeon. they did say it's a RPG, but they didn't have a lot of details on it. Yeah. But that's that's called Dragon... Then, mm -hmm. finally, they announced Dragon Quest Twelve, subtitled in English, The Flame of Fate. Or Flames of Fate, I can't remember. Uh, but, like, the biggest 
wild bit about this was that the Dragon Quest remakes, Treasures, and 12 were all promised to be worldwide, like, simultaneous release. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just nuts. So, yeah. That's, that's a weird feeling to have. Like, we don't have to look at a Dragon Quest game and be, wonder when or if it will come out. Yeah. But yeah, definitely go look at that Dragon Quest uh, remake trailer because that's that's it's a gorgeous. Gorgeous, game. yeah. Yeah. See if I can. Okay. And I also, th- I also thought it was initially Dragon Quest Builders three because they started off with like. Uh, well, they zoomed in the way they did the whole thing. They were zooming in on different aspects. They had Hori with a host in a little studio that was made to look like somebody's office. And they had a lot of things around there that they zoomed in right before they explained it. Like um, Dragon Quest Twelve, they zoomed in on the clock at 12 o'clock. Um, when they announced Dragon Quest Ten, they had uh, Anna Lucia or whoever the female protagonist from Dragon Quest Ten was sitting next to a number six on a shelf. And they zoomed in on that and went through everything in version six. But for this one, they zoomed in on um, Erdrich's shield and sword on the wall. So yeah. you knew it right away. It had to be something DQ3 related. Yeah. yeah. The real the real uh, wild card that I was joking should have been there was uh, a Dragon Quest Swords sequel. <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been just for you. Oh, it would have been. I loved that game. Was that on your bingo sheet anywhere? <laughs> no. Um. You know what? I, I had a whole, I had a chart for all of us that were on my podcast that we were doing live, and that didn't even make it. But Dragon Quest Three was on the sheet. I had a feeling that that could be in there. Yeah. Good one. But yeah. It... So now you're up to speed. Up to speed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, okay. was going to say I was probably out doing something when this all hit the waves, and probably yeah, sleeping. it was a couple hours ago. Yeah, working or sleeping. I was more. I've been more paying attention to other announcements in the past week, <laughs> I, including <laughs> I, including one that was very very well timed because we were actually discussing it last Thursday. Nino Kuni two for Switch. Yes, and yeah. that was the timing of that was ridiculous. And they announced it two hours after we hung up. I think. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> but when I saw it, yeah. Hey, you'll get to play it. Yeah. So. Should be a good port too, but. but... The sound of it. Yeah, the company that makes that made it is a good studio for ports yeah. like that. They did the port of one, right? Uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah, and that was a fantastic port. So, should be good. They also did uh, the No More Heroes one and two ports to Switch, which were very oh, nice. Those are great too. Well, yeah. and I've only played one, and, but that's great. And, and then in other release news in the past week, uh, there was apparently you guys are actually getting Xeno Reborn. But why? why? And I, I've just I saw some of the comments threads on Reddit going, "Oh, yeah, I, I played one of the DS games in English recently. I'm, this should be interesting." I'm like, "No, do I tell no, you're him? You're gonna hurt yourself. Do I, do I break his? Do I break that optimism in half? Do, do I do a Zangief and just crush it like a tiny little bird's egg? I don't know what." Um, I didn't have the heart to do it. I saw people tweeting excitedly about it, and it's just like, no, stop. I, I, had to, I had to be the one that sadly told someone, like, oh, I heard Xeno wasn't great, but maybe this will fix it. And I had to 
be the sad person to break it to them that like no it's it's if anything it's worse <laughs> yeah it's like so yes if anyone in the audience is wondering what we're talking about i have a wonderful series of editorials on those two game the one game in two forms now yeah yeah um yeah i really wanted to like it and i really couldn't but the uh, other surprise was that success is actually going forward with its own Metal Saga game. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like, more of the and, metal. And that somehow Katakawa and success are sharing advertising on some, like, on uh, live streams their thought this? process. I feel like their thought process at this point must be that, like, the two franchises will, like, hopefully buoy each other up to greater success than if they try to, like have some sort of legal battle or anything like that it's just like whatever uh, just <laughs> i i'm really hoping that the competition does them some good yeah because jesus lord yeah <laughs> so yeah so the other one was what metal max um no, blah, 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 blah. oh i'm trying metal to saga Gyaku, something um like revolution of the flaming wolf that's a cool name <laughs> yes it is it's an incredibly metal name yes yeah yeah so um I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing what the heck success does with this. I mean, it could scarcely be worse. <laughs> Please don't be worse. <laughs> what have you done? The Hangyaku no Roka is what I am seeing when I look it up, uh, which I'm seeing translated as Beacon of Rebellion. It's got a big wolf uh, thing on it, which is pretty rad looking. Yeah, the beacon part would be the part that says flame and wolf, so I'm mm. not quite sure. I can see how that would happen, but... Yeah, let's see. But yeah, like, this this could be this could be fun. I mean, like, it again, it could scarcely be worse. Um, and, like, hopefully between that and Metal Max Wild West, we get something good out of Metal Max. Wild, Wild West. Sorry. Also, apparently, one of the spec slides for the game listed, uh, like, releases as Japanese, etc. <laughs> so, I guess it's coming out in other languages. Uh, hardware is apparently also listed as Nintendo Switch, etc. Uh, with the PC also being released as a possible platform. So I'd suspect that that will be a Switch PC and and probably PS4. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's, you know, it's, it's nice. It's really weird to live in this world where, like, a bunch of Japanese companies all gotta be in their bonnet that like oh no things need to be simultaneously released in the west all of our jrpgs need to come out simultaneously in the west now please don't kill yourselves doing this please don't kill yourselves doing this and please don't stop yes <laughs> uh that'll suck yeah. but yeah um uh, <laughs> yeah that does dovetail nicely into the question we were answering at the time which was shaman had asked in the 209 comments if a company goes on your no-buy list for their quality, how many games do they need to come off of it? Well, I mean, Saga came off of it with one game, a very nice remake, and yeah, Metal Max. We shall see. I mean, like we're never like the the conclusion we came to is that none of us is willing to put like an to write off an entire company or series. 
Yeah. Like, it's always down to, does this new one look interesting enough that I'm willing to play it in spite of my trepidation? And I talked about <laughs> how I keep buying Idea Factory games. Yeah, but then you immediately yeah. defended that decision, so... <laughs> of course. Sorry, continue. I mean, I didn't believe, really, that there was a defense there, but, I mean, he did offer one. He, he, he claimed that it was not a poor decision, is what I'm saying. But, yeah. I claim it is. <laughs> then, then we got the related, can P-Cube mess up Metal Max Xeno Reborn any more than it already seemingly is? And we, I was going to just assume that the answer is no. <sighs> what a world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, if we want to hit the other question on that uh, episode... Uh, this is one from staff member and good pal Strawberry Eggs. What's the oldest console or computer RPG that you have played? Okay, um, say that or, again. What is the oldest console or computer RPG that you have played? Okay. Um, San Diego, an RPG? No. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but I remember playing Moriah, Minds of Moriah, which was a 1983 yeah. attempt to recreate Rogue on a computer um, in a computer language that didn't support Rogue. Um, or that Rogue didn't support, so the guy who wanted, really wanted to play it on his university computer just made it a new one. Yeah. Uh, that was back when, like, you, when you had a piece of software you wanted, you typically didn't buy it, you just made one or stole it. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, to, to go on with this question near as I can tell the oldest game is The Dungeon slash Pet at 5 a game created for the Plato computer system back in 1975 yeah if there's anything earlier I doubt that it, I would assume it's been lost to history yeah uh, I shouldn't be surprised but it's amazing that soon after D&D came out people were trying to use computers to simulate it yeah antisocial nerds will do anything to have a way to play the thing they want to play without having to worry about other people um I asked, because my, I asked because my curiosity got the best of me, and I finally played a Calabath. I wouldn't call it good, but it was entertaining figuring out how to use an exploit to get uh, through it as quickly as possible. Yeah, like, this is also going to depend on what you mean by play. Do you mean the oldest one you've played through, or merely the oldest one you've spent a significant amount of time with? Because I've spent... Uh, I've fucked around with a Calabath as well, but I didn't actually finish it. <laughs> so how old was that one? That's 1979. Okay. I played one a little close to that i did a temple of apshi oh wow on it, it was on other things too but eventually made it to uh commodore 65 in the early 80s that, okay you definitely got that 64 I, I was what? gonna say i was gonna say there was i i was thinking of 85 and yeah. 64 no. got mixed up with 85 and <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't want to like I, I wasn't meaning to shit talk i was bringing it up because <laughs> there was a prototype computer called the Commodore 65. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, that was announced and shown. Wow. But it, I wow. don't think it was ever actually released. So, uh, looking on a good old Wikipedia, Temple of Apshi is apparently a 1979 game. Okay, um, so pretty much the exact same, like, contemporary with a Galabeth. Mm-hmm. 
And you could play it on your Trash 80 or your Commodore Pet. You could play it on the Trash 80. They they did have a Trash 80 version. I'm surprised I didn't have it for my Trash 80. Because I played uh, a lot of stuff on that. I'm just I'm just appreciating someone else appreciating the nickname Trash 80. Oh, God, that's what I called it. Yeah, I did have, sense. I want to say for my Trash 80, I had a Buck Rogers game that played oh, via a... Um, a cassette tape. You had to put the cassette tape in. Oh, those things were the computer. just hellish. <laughs> no, I did play Buck Rogers. I have never seen anything about that, but I have vivid memories of it being Buck Rogers. Hmm. Let's see. Well, that's what uh, Google's for. Mm-hmm. Well, while you're looking that up, I can talk about Ultima 2. Yeah? Like, I'm pretty sure I played Ultima 1, but I have... Most of my memories are of 2... Which I played on Mac, but um, pretty sure that was a lay, much later port. When did Ultima 2 originally come out? That would have been very early 80s. Yeah. Let me check. Ultima 2. That was. Yeah, 1982. Yeah, I played that on the black and white Mac Classic I had. And played a good amount of it, trying to figure out what the hell this st stupid, weird old game was. Because <laughs> it's a weird game. <sighs> yeah, I mean, the first three Ultimas, there's a, there's a reason when people are doing, like, discussions about what Ultima did for the RPG genre, they bring up, like, a, a gestalt of, like, being the first major, one of the first major RPG franchises, one of the first that's not like entirely a dungeon crawl, uh, but they don't talk about what they're what the games are actually about until Ultima Four, because the first three are like just weird amalgamations of everything Richard Garriott thought was cool at the time. Yeah, <laughs> like the first game eventually you like get laser guns in a spaceship and you just go into space and it's just like uh, uh, sure i guess this fantasy world doesn't matter as long as we can go to space uh it's true so so it's yeah it's true. just it was just like a weird uh like the, the the story does not matter it's just an excuse to get you to go places oh buck buck rogers Planet of Zoom by Sega, arca the arcade winners. <laughs> yep, apparently that was a Commodore 64 game as well. My memory did uh, fail me a little bit there, but yeah, it, there it is. I, I can actually yeah, I picture the box here. I have heard of Planet of Zoom. Yep, I just and don't looking think it at the gameplay. Game. No, it is not. It was Commodore 64. So. That's not a Flash storyline? Apparently that was a joke only for me. No, I got Apparently. it. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the game, I, I can. This is what I played. And oh. the fact that there's the cassette, I mean, I remember putting that cassette in so many times. Sega! Yep, oh, that's an extremely Sega looking uh, perspective and concept. Uh, yeah, uh. Yeah, I think uh, I think a Calabeth's uh, oldest I've got. Uh, let's see, like like bef the games of that vintage are 
strictly historical curios for me. And, like, you know, I occasionally do that. Like, that's just how you do sometimes. It's like, uh, you know, if you, if you care about the history of the medium, sometimes you play something not because it by itself is that fun, but because, you know, it's interesting to see what something important and influential that has aged terribly is like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, I mean, it's probably going to be a while before I try to do, like, a full Ultima series run-through. Uh, I've got all those Mega Mans I outlined at the top of the podcast, and that's going to take forever. And then after that, I've got... I, like, I have nation plans that after Mega Man is Breath of Fire, and then Oof. from there... Uh, Maybe after that I can do Ultima, but that's going to be... We're, we're talking about literally dozens of games before I get to... Before I get to that, so... Yeah! Uh, it's going to be a bit. <laughs> Just figuring out the order on all those Mega Man games, I would... That that that's that's like the easy in part itself. for the most part. Like I'm I'm playing through the, but I, I won't repeat myself too much. But playing through the classic line, and then the Game Boy games, and then the mm. Wily Wars, and then uh, the Battle Network games. I did play probably, the first one of that. That was very fun. Yeah, no, that's that's one I'm looking forward to, and then probably Ryusei no Rockman slash Star Force. Uh... I solemnly swear not to write a review for the uh, for the website. Um, <laughs> we understood that with your Grandia two years ago. Listen, it's really it's. I just I can't. <laughs> I, I know I'm gonna get. I know I'm forever gonna get knocked for that. But I just like I'm never satisfied with what I've written. I'm always Same. unhappy with it. That's why <laughs> my Alliance Alive review never happened. Oh. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which I'm very sad about. Well, tell us what score you would have given. It probably would have settled at a four, same that as makes... same yeah. as uh, mm -hmm. uh, why, I, why, can't I, why can't I think of the name of the predecessor? The Legend of Legacy. Thank you. Yeah, would have settled around there. I'm still upset that the Alliance Alive HD is like just completely unfindable on Switch in the US now. That sucks. You know talking about writing reviews, I'm actually doing my first review in like a year after I bombed on the uh, whole uh, Neptunia VII. Um, took a break, since I'm doing so much podcasting with RPG Backtrack. Hadn't really got one, but I grabbed uh, Metopia hmm, the nice. other day. And nice. that's been fun. I oh. enjoyed oh. making people that I like and dislike as characters, and there's a fun little feature in there where you, you could have just said wide. <laughs> oh no 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 like i have the evil mario because you know screw mario um and waluigi's like half my party um <laughs> waluigi but um no that, that that's fun i'm assuming it's pretty much what the 3ds game was and i will say this is like rpg for kids um yeah. i haven't even come close to like not winning a battle and I'm not grinding or anything you're just going straight through it but the dialogue's funny the uh, situations are funny and yeah. I, I will play this longer than uh, Neptunia VII 
Listen, you need, here's here's the secret to playing in that Tunia game, right here. Never be afraid to skip dialogue. <laughs> Never. Mm -hmm. That's the secret. Also, don't walk away from it because walking away from it for like a week, I came back and I was like, I can't remember all these freaking systems. <laughs> yeah, you, that too. You've got so many different battle systems all going on at once that. Well, like some, I was flying through battles. Sometimes they don't matter. <laughs> Well, yeah. Unfortunately, I found some that did. Oh, that sucks. And that that yeah, when I came back to it like a couple weeks after not playing it, it was like I I can't win a battle. How can I not win a battle? My levels oh. are fine. Unrelated, but I'm dropping this in here because your fucking Waluigi talk reminded me of one of the most cursed <laughs> shit posts I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Where are you putting this? I put it in the Skype chat. Oh, Waluigi dead. Let's see here. Oh. Extraordinarily ghost. Just, just the image itself. I haven't. I've read about a little bit of this, but I'll have to leave this here. This is the checkers game where grandson oh. and granddad. <laughs> I made the extreme ill-advised decision to look up what copies of Alliance Live HD physical on Switch are going for, and it's like a hundred and twenty dollars. My goodness. What the hell? Anyway, so Matt. Matt. Yes. So, uh, for my fourth game on Saga Frontier, I went through Red just to make sure I understand exactly why we should not have recommended that one to you as a starting <laughs> character. And my apologies, we should have recommended Amelia or someone else oh. with a uh, better direction on how to do things. <laughs> and see, I made the mistake of asking my uh, Slime Time side quest co-host. I was like, hey, Yangus, what should I start with? He's like, oh, Red's very straightforward. You should do that one. You feel straightforward if you already understand the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yep. the, the issue being here that straightforward yeah. means that the first half of his game is literally on rails, um, and you don't have any choices of where to go. And then when it gives you choices of where to go, you don't know where else you can go besides following up the previous stuff, and that's going to get you killed. Well, you know, I got off, I landed on the planet or whatever you do, um, from the ship, the ship landed, and they told me, like, you know, go find some kids in a town or whatever. But yep. the very first step off the thing, there was, like, this bio-mutant lab or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, why wouldn't I go in that? It's literally one step away. I'll just go in here. And, <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was really bad idea. Bad idea. And I'm texting my buddy. I'm like, Yangus, what the hell? Why am I dying like a million times? He's like, well, didn't you go find the kids in the city? I'm like, no, I didn't go find the kids in the city. Like, they kind of hinted at that, but then they dropped me right next to this lab. Why would I not go in the lab? And he was very like, oh, well, you should have gone and found the kids in the city and talked to them at the crossroads. I was like, why, why, why would it drop me in a city then? Why put me next to something it doesn't want me to go in? <laughs> Because that's just where the the plot is. Yep. yep. 
Yep, that's that. That's the that's the way. Yep. So. So yeah. So uh, I, I did. I had to add that that little editor's no, note that... to you saying, you know what? I hope that at, after the memories fade in a year or two, you can go back and enjoy something different about oh, it. Oh, I enjoyed Maybe. that. As a matter of fact, um, I've got a, a turn-based RPG group with like twenty-four thousand people that I manage on Facebook, and I posted it on there. And my comment was. Please click on this and read why I had to get an editor's note added to my uh, my portion of it. <laughs> I said, if nothing else, you'll laugh because I did. <laughs> and I will say, you know, like the twenty comments or whatever was all very positive. Good. So more positive that's, than me. I was going to so say it's more good. comments than, than we got on it on any other platform. But cool. No, I love sharing everything there because they, there's a lot of people there that that love uh, turn-based games, and I can share the oddest things there, and there's always 15, 20 comments. People are like, whoa, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I share, like, my ratings of two games and get told by 20 people that I'm wrong. So, you know, it oh. is what it is. It's oh, fine. Don't, don't worry, I got oh. told by people on GameFAQs that I was wrong about Mugen Souls. You know what? Somebody the other day, like, you, that's your black mark in gaming history. <laughs> Maybe one of many. But, you know, Phil has talked for years about, um, what is it, the Dark Spire. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Dark Spire goes on and on and on. And... One of the people that I've had on my Slime Time side quest thing uh, was like, hey, are we going to have an episode where we just talk uh, dungeon crawlers or like DS games? I really want to talk about the Dark Dark Spire and how awesome that was. And I've literally never even heard of this game except from Phil. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what? You you like that game? Oh, yeah, it was great. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, my God. I've heard on like 30 different episodes how bad that is. Like, it'd be like if somebody asked me, like, hey, can I talk about Mugen Souls on a podcast? I'd be like, what the what oh, the hell? Ugh. I've only heard one thing about this game a million times, and it ain't good. <laughs> oh, what's even worse, though, is when somebody decides to cherry pick one random, very positive review from a site that nobody's heard of and then get mad at us for re- trashing the game for yes. good reasons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, ask ask um, Sam how that feels. Uh, yeah, she's probably down with that right now because of Biomutant, I assume. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like we had one person on the comments um, who hadn't tried the game yet at the time, and at, I mean, to his credit, as soon as he actually played it, he thought, you know, okay, maybe Sam's got some points here. Um, but. Just from the way he was talking and the way that he, or the game, or the reviews he must have read to come to the conclusion he had, he was reading sites that had broken embargo dates, basically, and could not possibly have finished the game properly, or other issues. And and we've learned what happens when you don't play enough of a game to get a good idea of what it's like. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Oh, so I, you know, I've got a question for you, uh, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that you have been finding some new Dragon Quest um, little characters in the in the, the gotcha machines. Yeah, the gotcha machines. Mm-hmm. What What do you find? Because for listeners out there, uh, Michael was very nice, and uh, he was my dealer back in December. He found me a <laughs> bunch of uh, little gotcha slimes and everything that my sons and I, when we play board games, I love to whip them out and like we'll play sorry, and instead of four random stupid little red pieces, I will play with four slimes. And nice. we're playing Monopoly, and I'll get a slime down, and we'll all be slime characters or something. So, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest. I collect absolutely nothing, <laughs> uh, but that was great to get all these because there's something practical. It's something a little fun to use um, yeah. when playing games. Yeah, he, he actually ordered $30 worth of gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I can't find one of the packages I know I had, but um, I've for the little stackables, um, they had a new series out, so I got the uh, Bahoma Slime, um, the the upgraded healer slime one mm-hmm. which came with a little orange slime as part of its set and i also got a gold slime Ooh! and the, the gold uh, ver- oh wait a minute like uh dino Dabukin gold slime no the one that looks like the a gem? gemstone yeah. with a crown oh, okay or tiara like the gold version of my avatar yep mm-hmm. um and then they have a new sparkly version Soft plastic Ooh. sparkly version. Um, that's a 400 yen gotcha, not a 300 yen one. And I've gotten one bubble slime, one regular, and a regular slime together. And then um, I can't remember if it has a different name in English. Um, Shido. Let me Who's see that? here. Is that the. He's Dragon a major Quest demon type character, I think. I just don't Dragon remember. Dragon Quest which... 2 boss? Maybe. He's red, big arms. He's got arms, yeah. (laughs) Let's see. uh, It's this Dragon Quest character with arms. Yeah. She don't... Oh. Well, he's in... in, He makes a lot of appearances. He's got appearances in Dragon Quest X Online, Dragon Quest Builders 2, other things. Yeah, he's got six six arms, arms, bat wings, a long tail, and a fang-filled face with no nose. Yeah, that's uh, that's Malroth. That's the boss of Dragon Quest Two. Okay, I got him. Ooh, that's cool. You know what? I I, I think I need to commission another uh, thirty to forty dollar uh, pull from you. Yeah. So whenever uh, I can I'll manage, message you about that. Yeah. And whatever you get, some, you get. Yeah. Because um, some of these are not. Um, some of these gotcha machines are not easy to locate right now. And. Um, no, no, no. You know, yeah. two, three months, whatever. You you, you get to yeah. it, you get to it. I'm yeah. in no hurry. These are a nice thing to spring on the kids every now and again. Okay. Well, I'll keep my eyes out and see what I can get. I mean, there's now that eBay is dumping PayPal, I really have no other use for PayPal other than to send <laughs> you some money for this. I mean, what did I ever use PayPal for besides eBay? Are they dumping it completely? Can you still pay? Oh, with it? Or are they done getting rid of that too? They're get. I think they're getting rid of that. 
Ugh. I yeah. I mean, I I even got another email today. Don't forget, you must set up your bank account with eBay, or nothing will work when you go to sell it. They're cutting out the middleman since those companies split up years ago. At least a decade in the stage, probably more. Yeah, it's been a long time. But I yeah, I think they were originally one company for a while there. Oh, they were. <laughs> yeah. They were. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, that was, I don't know, I to me it was out of the blue, because, I mean, what, I don't follow eBay news or whatever. Just one day I got this email, I was like, please add your bank account. And I was like, no, no, I mean, I, like I said, I collect nothing. I sell so many of my physical games on eBay, and then the money just sits in PayPal, and that's what I use to buy games <laughs> afterwards. I'll buy games on eBay. So, like, I've got my little PayPal account that's just fun money to buy games or Oh, hey, something went down to $5 on the Switch. I'll probably never play that, but let me buy it, because I've got $5 easily on PayPal. <laughs> but now I will not have $5 on PayPal. Thanks, eBay. Well, you can, always, you can always set up an account just for your eBay dealings. I mean, yeah. That seems like a lot of work, though. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's not like PayPal where you could just sign up for an account. You probably have to go actually go to a bank. That's annoying. What? Go to what? Go to a bank. bank. Like a physical building? Yes. What the hell does that? Sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. That's where disease lives. <laughs> Any more questions? Uh, nothing off of the the uh, comment section. Sure. Do you have anything in Discord? No. Nope. Podcast discussion no. seems to have been from the RPG cast, I think. So. Can, can we answer the question for? <laughs> I don't think they had a question for anyone other than Pause. So. Yeah. No, it was just commenting on something Pause said. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, now I'm just remembering that you betrayed me once again, Wheels. What did, what did I do this time? I didn't do it. The, it was it was the bit that you didn't cut out. Um, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I totally heard that. That was great. Let's see, Carmen Diego, and there was an 80s song. I can't remember which one now. Uh, as I recall, I think I... During that night, I was singing a lot, so I think I might have... That might have been when I was singing uh, Somebody Loved by Queen. Yes, that was it. Yep. Nope, I was driving to work, and yeah, the first thing... like I came to a stoplight, and I was like, definitely... Hey, good job cutting that out. <laughs> Great job. Listen, it was a weird recording. Children woke up. <laughs> it's like uh, the first yeah. time doing the podcast with my webcam on and my son walks right in the frame. It's kind of funny. <laughs> okay. Well, we can hit some fire minor questions at the very least. We've always got those. Uh, yes. You know what? I, I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to let you guys do that. I have been uh, podcasting too much tonight. Sure. Yeah. See ya. Yes. See ya. Eight ounces of alcohol have uh, <laughs> taken its toll. 
Well, so thanks don't for having die. me on. Mm -hmm. Can't no wait problem. for a bunch more Dragon Quest someday, but someday. Then match three, it seems a long way off. Uh, I yeah, think we might and, get uh, uh, the remakes by 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, uh, we're, we're go lightning, and I hope that the rays loose. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? At least we got those announcement dates for Pokemon, so that made yeah, my students happy today. Mm -hmm. so, all right, guys. Well. Good night. Good day. Okay. Good day. Uh, yeah. See. Maybe one of my kids will be in the Pokemon again by then. Probably. So here's one from uh, Fireminer's list, number 55. How much nostalgia can carry objectionably obsolete features in gaming? Shenmue 3 is an example. I think Shenmue 3 is an example of how much it can't. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, like, just... Oh, God. Hmm. Let's see, well... We're still waiting to see how long it takes for Dragon Quest to substantially change its battle system. They're threatening to do it again. Yes. I don't believe them. I don't believe them either, but they're threatening it. <laughs> uh, let's see. But yeah, like I feel like... I wouldn't call those objectionably obsolete, though. Uh... No, certainly not. And even, like, Dragon Quest Eleven had one... Had... What I think is a major change that improved the game for the better a lot. What? Choosing your attack right when it happened? Yes. Yes. Start. Moving to that sort of system instead of everyone choose everything and then it all happens and then you do it again. And hope you were right. Yes. No, I, I like what they did with Dragon Quest Eleven much better. Yeah. And to the point where that's one of the many reasons I do not want to play in 2D mode. Rip. Because there's that that part does not exist in 2D mode. Yeah, no, it plays like the old school, which I would suspect will be an option in Dragon Quest XII at the very least. Probably. Uh, yeah, like, I, I mean, like, it's... The, the other thing is that uh, nostalgia is usually for things that, that work. You, you, well, not even just for things that work, because, I mean, plenty of people have nostalgia for things that are terrible. But, I, I mean, nostalgia is usually for old things. And, like, you can kind of evoke nostalgia in new things. But people usually, when, they're, when there's a new game playing on nostalgia, they usually want it to have improvements. They want it to play as smoothly as they remember things playing. Because if they wanted to play the old things, they would play the old things. And so when you make something new that is exactly as clunky as the old thing, that reminds them of the friction that they can't deal with anymore. And like that's why you get a Shenmue 3, where it's like, oh, this is just not fun. Because... Like, it's just a pain in the ass. Like, the, there hasn't been any modernization. Shenmue 3's got other problems, because it, uh, the, the, it has made, like, essentially all the wrong decisions on what to modernize. Mm -hmm. Shenmue did not need a stamina meter. Uh, oh, God. It probably was an ill-advised decision 
uh, I can understand why it happened, but it was an ill-advised decision to make it so that the combat system was much more stat-based and arbitrary in such a fashion that the tutorial just tells you press the face buttons and R2 sometimes. <laughs> so, it was an ill-advised concept, but like... I feel like Shenmue 3's like bigger problem, if I'm going to go on this tangent, was more that it was a misunderstanding of what people who were clamoring for Shenmue 3 actually wanted. Because a lot of people who wanted... Like, certainly there were people that just wanted to play a new Shenmue. But a lot of people clamoring for Shenmue 3 didn't want to play more Shenmue. They wanted a conclusion to the story of Shenmue. <laughs> And Shenmue 3, spoiler alert, is not a conclusion to Shenmue. I didn't realize that. It's honestly not even a meaningful furtherance of its plot. <laughs> oh, that sucks. To put it another way, right after the game came out, Yuji Naka was asked how much Shenmue's story is left, and he pulled out a water bottle that was a little more than half empty and said that there's about this much left. <laughs> Good that luck man is with that. never going to finish that series. Good luck with that. Hey, Shenmue people, play Yakuza instead. Thank you. I mean, that won't like fulfill me. what you want, but it's a good game, so you should play it. Uh, hey, Wheels, when are you going to play Judgment? Uh, this summer. That's good. That'll be your JRPG July. Uh, see, Pew in the chat says, just start hinting at Pokemon stuff uh, to my kids. I have tried that. I have tried many things. They don't really care. Well, my son... Have you tried showing them a cool video game, yes. though? Uh, yeah, my son doesn't really care. Uh, my daughter is definitely interested. I just need to play, I think, more Pokemon Snap, and she'll be interested. Pokemon Snap owns, so that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, in general, I feel like people will put up with a lot more out of something that they understand to be old than a new thing evoking the old. So, uh, in general, I, I would say that truly, like, objectionably bad design decisions typically don't tend to be the things that get ironed out of franchises that uh, subsist on nostalgia. Yeah. Why no one's nostalgic for the party composition of Dragon Quest 2? Yeah, I'm slamming it out of nowhere again. It's fine. It deserves it. Yeah. Uh, another one that we might not have a lot to say about, but worth bringing up. Uh, there are a lot of great DOS RPGs, but they seem to be largely forgotten while people continue to mention NES RPGs. Why is that? Availability. Yeah. Yeah, and availability and also probably some technical issues with emulating them oh yeah yeah because it's just like I, I consider that part of availability but like yeah. if you want to run an nes game and you don't care about uh the uh strictest of legal senses about how to play it that is like three clicks away at any given moment yeah if you want to run something on dos it's gonna require fucking with dos box yeah. Mm -hmm. And like that—that's 
way less plug and play than any NEM, like even the most fiddly of NES emulators. Yeah. You need to know command like Chris. Yep. I mean, I, I still remember getting out some of my old discs of DOS games back in the mid 90s. It was like mm -hmm. two computer upgrades past the last time I'd used them on those discs. Yeah. And that's when I learned that a lot of old DOS games relied on the system clock for yep. various things. And so this off. one like breakout style game that I used to enjoy a lot was now impossible because the computer was like literally a thousand times faster and so were the balls. Yeah, so. you'd have to probably go into DOSBox's settings and tell it to like throttle the virtual CPU to like 4.77 megahertz or some shit. Yeah, no, I mean, this was like, on a uh, a Windows three point something computer, even going oh, up yeah. from, DOS, from an actual DOS machine, um, I used to know a lot of the DOS prompt commands. Anyway, um, yeah, just going between a very incremental changes in PCs is enough to make certain games unplayable to begin with. Yeah, there's a, that's actually why a lot of old PCs had turbo buttons on them, was to throttle the CPU back to 4.77 megahertz, where everything, where, like, things that assumed that that was the only speed it would ever be moving at would function properly. Yeah, because the shortcuts that people would take to make sure that they actually could fit the game code within the proper space. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of work. Um but yeah, like the other thing I would say uh, more to the games themselves is that DOS games of that era tended to be more uh, mechanically out there and ambitious than the NES RPGs people actually bring up. Because like there are a lot of ambitious NES RPGs that no one brings up because they're not fun. But, like, the, the DOS RPGs, uh, even the ones people will still bring up, tend to be much more mechanically Byzantine. <laughs> so, like, it, it becomes a case of, like, you need a lot more commitment to even understand how they function than most of the, like, Famicom RPGs that you might otherwise uh, go back to play. Like... It's it's just hard to justify a lot of the time. Uh, like it's it's just although any extra hurdle is enough to turn off a large portion of people who might otherwise play, and both of those represent huge hurdles that turn off even a lot of retro game enthusiasts. So like the only ones you can really get around around to are. Uh, ones that were that are released on like GOG and uh, like that's the lowest barrier to entry you get uh, because you get a manual with that that explains how the game works and you get a pre-configured emulation solution but yeah yeah I've you know, there are a couple of games I got through GOG specifically because even though I could get them for free in different locations those copies were not particularly well adapted to being used on a modern computer with the speeds involved. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not quite sure how I survived that game the first time I tried to play it. Mm -hmm. So. But, yeah, like, uh, I, I feel like it's a case of this just isn't, it's just enough of a hurdle that people don't go for it, but it's also 
there's not much of a modern legacy for a lot of those old DOS RPGs. Uh, like, a lot of the A and B tier Famicom RPGs that people go back to, they go back to them because there's a modern lineage that descends from them. Like, you you only need to care about Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy to go back to that. And, like, even more niche games like Metal Max, like, people will go back to those because it's like, well, you know, I'd like the new one. Uh, probably not Zeno, but, you know, just on principle. Uh, or, like, Fire Emblem, that sort of thing. Like, those, that is what drags people back. But, like, you look at something like an SSI Goldbox game or... Uh, a Ultima, like, there's no modern Ultima to draw people in and make them want to play the old Ultimas. There's just a curiosity about really old RPGs. I mean, Ultima's not really DOS either, because it's uh, pre-DOS, but I'm, I'm kind of lumping that in as, like, why these old PC RPGs tend to have slightly less uh, strident uh, people playing them. But, like, even if we get into DOS games, it's, like, a lot of those DOS-era games, they just don't have much of a current, like, legacy. Like, you'll get into some of the, like, later Wizardry games were DOS games, and, like, those have some modern legacy, but people playing those, it kind of dovetails with the other question about, like, how much archaic design is acceptable for nostalgia, and it's, like, those games are deliberately, like, styled after wizardry, but there's all sorts, like, modern wizardry clones are very specific to remove a lot of the things that really are too clunky for people to deal with in wizardry. And that's why people don't play the old wizardries, they play the new wizardry clones. Because <laughs> the old wizardries are just and Because the old wizardries include games with names like Return of Weirdna. Wizardry 4 is full time. Okay, yeah. Wizardry 4, The Return of Weirdna. <laughs> Which uh, I think I've ranted about several times before, but. Pretty sure. What a game. Very. Uh, it kind of exemplifies everything oh, about this. Keep going. Uh, yeah. Uh, it kind of exemplifies. Return of Weirdna, I'll bring up as like the, the case study for everything that makes these things harder to return to. Uh, because Return of Weird Nut was released on DOS. So it's a DOS-era game. We'll count it. It was uh, extraordinarily weird. An extremely <laughs> ambitious attempt to completely redefine what the rules of wizardry were. Because, like, this was a game where you were the boss of the first weird wizardry game climbing out of the dungeon, getting marauded by hero parties. And all the hero parties were, like, donated from players of the original games. Yeah, right? so, like, they were well-established, well-put-together hero parties uh, because they had to, they were... Uh, pe people who had sent them in also had to have, like, completed the game to send them. So... So they were very well-organized, well-crafted, and high-level adventuring parties. Yep. And you couldn't level up in this game. You gained, like, in order to discourage grinding, they made it so that you gained power by finding pentagrams on each floor. 
and like it's it's a complete rethinking of what wizardry is and was a very interesting game and completely unapproachable even at the time and even more so now and also just a pain in the ass to play unless you get it off dog so you know just Mm-hmm. Like everything that could make this unapproachable to a modern player is working against like this game. It is the like platonic ideal of making a game that is impossible to approach now. Yeah, still funny. You, you do still see some of the thought process behind it with some of the smaller studios where they're just thinking, like, where it's just like they know what they want to make and they think they know what other people want them to make and they never really ask at times and you end up with this nice little bubble of ideas echoing back and forth and you end up with something incredibly niche. Yeah. Beyond like, what anybody what would have asked for. And if that's what they're going for, that's, I mean, sure, okay, but... But, uh... some, but sometimes it's like, um, do you remember the Dana Carvey show? Uh, I remember seeing that it existed, but I've never seen an episode. It lasted one episode. That sounds about right. <laughs> um, partly because it had some of the best comedy writers available, all of Dana Carvey's friends doing it, but they were all doing jokes that they thought were funny, and they'd never really asked anyone else what the, anyone else thought about like it. it. It was basically a show for comedy writers. <laughs> yes, and it... I mean, even over the course of the very first show, it just kept getting weirder and weirder and weirder until you end up with a parody of Bill Clinton literally nursing puppies. That's just weird. Not with bottles. Yeah, no, I I, I assumed as much because that wouldn't be funny enough. Like, that wouldn't be a weird enough thing to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there was basically... I remember one of the people who ran the uh, Surtech at the time. Uh, I've, I've brought this up before, and I'm going to bring it up again because it's still one of the most incredible things I've ever heard, read. Uh, quote Wikipedia, who, source, who has sources on these quotes, but uh, to set this up, Wizardry sold, for sold very poorly. Despite the lengthy delay, Surtech had not advanced the technology from the first game. Bard's Tales graphics were superior, for example, despite being released two years earlier. Further, as Robert Sorotic of Surtech later said, it was insanely difficult to win that game. I had such issues with that. I felt that it was beyond what was necessary in terms of complexity, but the people that developed it felt strongly to leave a mark in the industry that they had the hardest game to play, period, bar none. That's fine if you're not worried about catering to a customer and making sales. Return of Weirdno was the worst-selling product we ever launched. People would buy it, and it was unplayable, so they'd put it down, and word spread around. There were other hardcore players in the market that loved it. They said, ah, why doesn't everyone do this? Well, we don't, because you guys are a minority. If you're a glutton for punishment, you're going to have to get your pleasure somewhere else, because nobody can survive catering to such a small number of people. So it was controversial in that way. In the end, I think I was proven correct that making crazy impossible products in terms of difficulty was not the way forward. Yeah. I was going to say, wow. see also a lot of amateur or um, small studio um, strategy RPG makers. Oh, and yeah. Their love of like either Flight Plan or Fire Emblem. Ah, uh, yeah. And specifically old Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. Uh, oh, that does remind me of like the the ultimate coda to this is uh, in the early '90s when Surtek was making compilations of wizardry. They had a compilation that was one through three, and a compilation that was five through seven. <laughs> Truly incredible. They know what they did. Yep, they were... They were done. Uh, But yeah. um, Yeah, like those... Those kinds of weirdness were much more common in DOS RPGs and that kind of turned people away from them in modern... uh, In modern things. And to dovetail and... Oh, God. I was going to say, do you think the relative ease of programming something in DOS had something to do with it, too? Well, the fact that no one could stop you has a lot to do with it. (laughs) Like, it wasn't necessarily easy, per se. Like, you were still probably doing things in some form of assembly. But, like, to to put... Like, the thing is that if, if Nintendo looked at your game and said, absolutely not, there wasn't a lot you could say about it. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't gonna you weren't gonna release it otherwise unless you had some other method of financial backing, whereas no one's gonna tell you you can't release this DOS game just because it's awful in every way, so or just because it's like has an audience of eight people. It's like it's your money to waste, buddy. Uh, but this does dovetail into another Fireminer question that I feel like we have to at the same time just because it is definitely related uh when will people start porting uh, dos slash amiga slash apple classic games to consoles or is it even feasible financially i don't think there's enough of a market to sell it but even beyond that like i'm gonna put it a way that it was put to me uh this was specifically about amiga games but i was at a pax panel where they talked about uh, where the head of French company Dot Emu uh, was talking about, you know, they were talking about re-releasing classic games. And, you know, like, European computers were popular in France, so, like, me and a friend went up to the guy after the panel and was like, why do do people not re-release these games? Why do you, uh, like, do you think there's a market for it? And he said, because they're bad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, they they were what we had at the time, and we liked them, but, like, they're not fun you can't sell them now (laughs) and like that's one person's opinion but it's one person who definitely makes their money doing that so you know it's one of those things like on some level i think that it is except like there's some other things to this like uh just that you know a lot of these would need custom emulation solutions a lot the rights to a lot of these games are very hard to work out because, like, a lot of these were made by people, not companies. Uh, or, like, you know, companies that consisted of maybe two people. And so, who, who owns them now? That company hasn't existed in decades. Mm-hmm. There's also just the fact that, like, the people uh, that, like, the time to do this is is past like uh especially if you get into like you brought up like apple stuff and it's like are we talking like apple 2 stuff because nostalgia for that would have been the late 90s (laughs) 
Like, late 90s, early aughts would have been, like, the 20-year cycle for the Apple II, which was, like, Apple's most successful platform for people actually making game software. Uh, and I was going to say, they have actually done things with Oregon Trail. Yeah, no, Oregon Trail is a perennial one. Like, there's a new one coming out, I think. But Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, uh, beyond Oregon Trail and some of the Broderbund games, you probably will not find enough nostalgia even back when it was po- when it was a little more current to actually get them remade yeah like it was i mean it's also like because of the time when this was like children did not have as much access to computers in the 80s as they did consoles and like especially for games and so part of the thing that propels like these uh, these NES RPGs forward into the current sphere is children played them and are deeply nostalgic for them and they pass that nostalgia on because that is a marketable thing to do. Like they keep engendering this nostalgia in new generations. Like Game Freak has a vested interest in making a new generation of children nostalgic for Pokemon Red and Blue. Uh, Square Enix has a vested interest in making a new generation of children nostalgic for Dragon Quest 3. Like, that sort of thing keeps happening because people will, like, there is a vested interest in doing that. There's not really a vested interest in, uh, EA has no vested, vested interest in making a new generation care about Ultima. And so that keeps, that doesn't keep coming back. That just go like eventually it just becomes this is very historically important and there's like there's ways to play the old games if you wish to seek them out. Yeah. But and and anyone who really really wants to play an ultimate game a new one will just make a new one. Yeah. But as for Maybe like a different series, but yeah. yeah, like I mean the 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 Ultima lore is generic enough and sto- plagiarized enough that. That's making an accusation. Is overtly inspired by enough things that you can, you know, reference Ultima without even getting in trouble for referencing Ultima. Uh, I was also thinking, like, um, in Japan, Acquire wanted to make a wizardry game and couldn't get permission to do the license, so they just made their own wizardry game and called it Class of Heroes. Yeah, (laughs) and you can kind of get away with that. Um... But yeah, and like you get into things like uh, some of the other things, like uh, the, uh, another issue with the Amiga is just that emulating it is a pain because it's just a it's a bunch of interrelated computers that are based on similar chips, on, on like a bunch of custom chips that are similar but not exactly the same, and had a bunch of mutual incompatibilities between them. So you'd have to like. The, these are not unified platforms, so you would have to sort of pick a target version of, like, this is the specific thing we're trying to emulate this version of the game. And, then, like, it's there's all sorts of additional technical headaches. But don't worry, you can buy official, like, licensed Amiga emulators, so if you really want to play old Amiga games, you can still play those. Uh, but why? Uh, I don't know. There's some interesting stuff in there. It's not my cup of tea, but I wouldn't. I don't want to write off like such a huge library entirely. It's just a case of like, there's another thing about this. Like, 
the English-speaking online community really went all in on trying to make every possible explanation of how to approach old NES games. Mm -hmm. And the same has not really been the case for old computer games. Uh, part of that is that for a long time, them being difficult to approach was considered almost a mark of pride for them. Like, they're complex, so you need to, like, grind your head against them just to understand how they function. And, like, there was just less discussion about how to make playing them a painless experience. So but, more gating for the sake of gating. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that, that hasn't helped you know, that kind of gatekeeping will stop people from... It will insulate a, a community such that fewer people join it. And that, in turn, makes it harder to sell these because it's less obvious... There's a less obvious groundswell to re-release these. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh... Yeah, I guess I want to round out the old computer game questions. Uh, let's see. If the original Ultimate Underworld is brought up nowadays, would people appreciate it more for its pioneering spirit or for its merits? A.K.A. is it further to stand with the Ultimate Classics like 7? Because, yeah, once you get to 7, it's the ones that people will still occasionally recommend, like, are actually still worth playing. 4 is kind of the first one that people will bring up, but, like, that's still pretty archaic. Uh, Game Boy that's games. that's Game Boy games. yeah. Well, those are very different. But, still. Mm. but yeah, Runes of Virtue are worth playing, but different games. Uh, but yeah, uh, Underworld. I actually had a friend who just played through it the first time, like two months ago, and did end up enjoying it. But it's one of those, like like a lot of old games, it's one of those things like you give a very caveated recommendation of like, this is really cool if you can put yourself in the right mindset to be able to accept how quirky it is. Like it's you're you have to accept that like this is old and it's going to be unfriendly and it's like but it's a neat game and it has like a cool atmosphere and like there are still companies trying to do this kind of game like there was Underworld Ascendant a few years ago and that was not considered a success in terms of replicating Ultima Underworld but it was like there is still a gem of something interesting just in that gameplay setup so I would, I would say it's at least as worth considering as something like Ultima 7 that's just me uh, yeah I, w I wanted to make sure we hit that run of questions since they're all related uh, okay yeah um we could do more, or we could stop. Uh, Still more. Okay. Uh, Fifty-nine. Why did it take so long for Square Enix to finally commit to multi-platform concurrent releases of their games? Uh, well, for a long time, it was actually a pain in the ass to do it. But I mean, after that, it was just uh, usually Square Enix games were popular enough that someone was willing to pay them to delay releases on other platforms. <laughs> I was going to say, exactly, how many platforms have the first two Final Fantasies been on? Yeah, but those aren't concurrent, to be fair. Although, uh, Actually, a lot of them were concurrent. Um, I mean, I think Final Fantasy ended up on Sega Master System at one point. It did not, but it did end up on the MSX. 
Uh, MSX, sorry, I, get, I confused the two. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how far apart those were uh, in terms well, of they, actual release. They had to be fairly close together just because that some of those um, platforms didn't exist for too long. Yeah, the MSX was a fairly, like, a consistent computer standard for a fairly long time. I'm just trying to work out when that version actually came out. Uh, let's see. See, there is okay. This is some sort of MSX2 music. Oh wow, this is someone has like really nice uh, image of the uh, box and floppy disk. I'm actually gonna put this in the chat so that everyone can admire this very nice bit of uh, this very nice photo. What's up? Yeah, this, this FF Museum site. For, for those curious, uh, I am citing a something on Final Fantasy Museum, which has some very nice photos of the actual packaging. Uh, yeah, it came out in Japan. Like, by, by concurrent here, like, we're talking, apparently the MSX2 version of Final Fantasy came out a full year and a half later in 1989 uh, and was converted by Microcabin apparently but yeah so it's one of those things like uh, if we're talking like actual like day and date this will release on two different platforms at the same time like that's a relatively recent development from Square and a lot of it Square Enix and a lot of it is just that uh, for a long time there wasn't a lot of point to doing that uh in terms of, like, a lot of games... Like, for the NES era, games were targeted to very specifically to their hardware. And it didn't really make a lot of sense to go back and... Uh, to Like, you doing two simultaneous releases essentially meant that you were delaying one of them. Yeah. And so, say, and anyone who's done a lot of Super Nintendo emulation probably realizes at some point that a lot of those cartridges had very unique chipsets to them. Yeah, which is even ignoring the fact that the Super Nintendo itself is a very specific and unique piece of hardware. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like, isn't that how a lot of um, NES game or Super Nintendo games got past the consoles hardware limitations to begin with is they just packed in their own hardware yeah so well i mean that's also true of the famicom to a lesser extent like basically uh after about 1987 or so very few nes games are released without a memory mapper chip to help uh increase capabilities and then like the super nes is more unique because like those chips were built in essentially from the word go because of some ill-advised decisions made about how the Super NES was actually constructed. To make a long story short, Nintendo selected a uh, processor on the basis that they wanted it to be backwards compatible with the Famicom and then found that it was impossible to make the Super Nintendo a meaningfully a meaningful upgrade in terms of power 
while doing that, but they had already committed to that processor. There were already games that were built around it. So that pokey processor ended up being kind of the bottleneck that those chips were meant to work around at first. Then eventually they would start doing uh, helper chips that did very specific, very strange things. Uh, Most notably things like Capcom had their own chips that just made horrible wireframe monsters. But other things like uh, the chip in Star Ocean that was used for a lot of decompression of uh, voice samples and such. I think that might have also been in Tales of Fantasia and was almost... There's a decompression chip in like Street Fighter Alpha 2. There's a lot of these. There's a lot of these. But yeah. Um, these were... These games at the time were laser targeted to hardware. Uh, then for a long period, there's also just the point of why would we bother? Like... At, at no point did it make sense to try to put out uh, like you weren't going to try to put out Final Fantasy 7 on PS1 and 64 and Saturn even if they weren't like in a pissing contest with half of those companies at any given moment it was just like we could sell for the thing that has like at the time like 20-30 million uh, users or we could sell for the thing that has no users <laughs> like what are we going to pick and it's just like that was a consistent concept throughout the like you know we're not going to delay for one we're not going to compromise one version for the others so I guess it's just going to be on this one uh, but you get into uh, and that's, that's kind of in a continuous animating influence throughout these uh, uh, and, and you know like eventually you get to the point where like, the PS360 era sort of forces their hand because, one, it's really, really expensive to make anything for any of them. Two, like, Sony's not making a... Sony has, is not ahead in the market and isn't paying them enough to keep it exclusive. Three, like, it, it's just one of those things, like, it, it just makes more sense. There's more... Tool like the 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 thing that they're making is being made on a PC and then like optimized for specific consoles, and like that's a really long and expensive process. But you can you can you can parallelize parts of that development process that you couldn't when you were laser targeting on one platform. So that's a. Uh, that's kind of why it took so long. There just weren't enough market incentives to force them to do it. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Yeah. Is that? Are we done here? Uh, Probably. Yeah. Is Wheels awake? I am awake. But done. Okay. So yeah, uh, plug time. Oh, sorry, yes. Oh. <laughs> We're out here. Uh, okay, plug time. Plug, plug, plug. Ugh. Full plug out here. Okay, um, Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, uh, available on Kindle and Kindle Unlimited by Michael Yadimizu, Y-A-R-I-M-I-Z-U. Uh, for anyone who likes silly, kind of silly fantasy, role-playing games, tabletop games, and... Um, 
Andor has middle school age children who just want to read, read something interesting. I guess. <laughs> so, um, check it out. There's nine episodes, and I need to get that second side story up eventually. And uh, a very long uh, fourth uh, paperback collection, or pa uh, not collection, actually, fourth paperback volume coming. Mm -hmm. so, just need to do some rewrites again. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, keep that uh, keep that in mind if you're looking for some reading material. Something okay. nice, something breezy. Uh, but yeah. Uh, otherwise, you can leave uh, questions in the comments section of the episode, or on the podcast section of the Discord. If you haven't joined the Discord, you should. It's a lovely place. Uh, you can find it by going to RP Gamer. There's a link, I believe, in it probably says community or something on it. Um, let me double check just to make sure that I'm not spreading false information. <laughs> yep, community will take you straight to the Discord. Yeah, it's a lovely place. Uh, otherwise, uh, don't think me or Wheels has anything to plug. So. Uh, just keep an eye on my Twitch. We'll be doing more Resident Evil sometime soon. More Resident That's Evil. Right. Eventually, I'll force Wheels to play uh, Skies of Arcadia. It'll yeah. be great. Uh, yeah, uh, otherwise, see ya, Space Cowboys. See ya. See ya. In the dark when you feel lost, wanna be the best, but at what cost? If you're gonna stay here, nothing's ever changing, no. Big world, gotta see it all. Gotta get up even when you fall. There's no point in waiting.